Well, good evening. Welcome. Brian Noonan in for Nick D. Again this evening into the morning. I don't know what you call it. I'm here till 4 o'clock. That's how it's going to be. Uh, I am uh, very excited to be here with you. Nick is off this week. Show is always more fun when you are involved. We have a great show planned. I want you to add to it because, uh, really, you're the reason we're here. 312-981-7200. That's the number. When you call in, you'll be talking to Tom Hush, executive producer of the big broadcast. If you're nice to him, you get to me. All right, we're going to talk in just a couple minutes. We're going to talk to uh, Kevin O'Hare. He is the owner of the Bad Apple. Restaurants opened in Chicago today. Oh, did you go out? Did you eat El Fresco? Did you uh, try to make a reservation and were turned away? What was your experience? We'll talk to uh, we'll talk to Kevin about what was going on at the Bad Apple. And if you want to jump in and ask him some questions, of course, uh, you definitely can. Then we will uh, visit with our friend Marnie Shore from The Takeout. And we'll have a visit from comedian Lenny Schmidt after one o'clock. Also, tips for Tom. A new tips for Tom. Yes, you didn't even know. We I created a segment on the air last night. We're continuing it tonight. A new tips for Tom at 2 and uh, all of that. But, again, anything that you want to talk about, anything you've been seeing the last couple of days, 312-981-7200. Were you just watching this on Channel 9? Skycam 9 uh, pretty much took up the entire newscast. It felt like I was back in L.A. watching the O.J. chase. This was a uh, a car chase, a high-speed chase they do the suspect is in custody but this guy drove all over town he started off in a black suv he crashed at at irving park in pulaski then he carjacked a silver suv at a gas station nearby police officers tried to get him there and get him out of the car but he couldn't get he got away then police say that the driver was wanted for homicide and several shootings if you were watching this uh, what did you think of it 312-981-7200. There was a point where there were uh, a lot of police surrounding the car. That's when he got away. There was also a point where the police looked like they were going to go for their guns. But, you know, as was pointed out on television, the training of police officers is to only shoot if you feel your life or the life of uh, a citizen is in danger. So they didn't do that. He took off. We saw him go past Soldier Field. We saw him turn around, come back north. He went down Lakeshore Drive was in downtown. They attempted to take him into custody downtown. He escaped again. Then he got he was driving on railroad tracks for a while. He got out and he ran down uh, ran down there. He was taken into custody after he fled the vehicle that he had driven on to uh, train tracks near Pershing. So he was all over. And this started at about 9:45. Uh, again, they do have the suspect in custody, but this was crazy. And I'm wondering, you know, what should we is there a way the police could have done it different? I liked listening to um, to the coverage on television because they were theorizing all sorts of things. Oh, maybe we put the uh, the spike strips out and flatten the tires. Or, you know, then there's people who think, oh, I'm going to try to run them off the road. But we've seen from other police chases, if the police are going too close and things are going too high speed, that can lead to really horrible accidents. So you have to, you have to, the, the he already... He had already struck a police vehicle at Irving and Ashland. Three officers uh, have been injured, so they are being treated. I don't think I don't know uh, the condition yet, but it did not seem from early reports that there are serious injuries to the police officers. But they are they are being taken care of now. Just one more thing: I don't know uh, I don't know how much more we can take. Quite frankly, uh, if you're keeping score, 2020 is not off to a great start, and we're we're almost at the halfway point. I am uh, I'm willing to call the manager and get this one taken back because this is uh 
Have you ever had a year that started out like this? The answer has to be no, right? I, no matter what you've gone through, and maybe you've gone through really serious things in your life. A lot of people have, and that's uh, not to discount them. But have they piled on like it just seems to be piling on now? You know, we start out, it seems okay. You know, January comes, it's not too bad. Then all of a sudden, corona strikes. Then we've got an on, a lingering problem of racial disparity in this country that's brought to a head by the murder of George Floyd. A little good news today with the officers being charged and the uh, the murder charge being upgraded to a uh, second degree. So a little good news there, but not enough to not enough to to give us answers. Still having protests around, but it seems thankfully that the protests have gone skewing toward less violent. Let's put it that way. You know, but we're still we're still here and in many, many other cities dealing with all the cleanup from what happened over the weekend. And those scars will last for a long time. There's still neighborhoods on the uh, on the west side that are scarred from the nineteen sixty eight riots. So this is going to take a while. You know, it was it was heartening to see groups of people out today helping business owners clean up. Um, and now we've got this. You know, now we spend the last forty minutes, forty five minutes or an hour watching uh, watching a high speed chase, a police chase throughout the city. This guy, this guy, I didn't. He must not have known. He was just trying to get away, obviously, but he was going everywhere. There was absolutely there was absolutely nothing and nowhere that he would not go on this. I don't know. What do you think? What are you thinking? As we move into June now, we're we're early in June. Take a minute and give me give me your description of 2020 to this point. We can make this a game. I don't know. We probably you know we'll make it a game. Two sentences. How would you sum up 2020 to this point? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. But uh, Tom wants to talk about the chase. He's in Carroll Stream. Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you? I am well, thanks. And you? Oh, I saw that chase on WGN, but yeah. uh, I think uh, I think when you know when he, he gets out of the hospital, they ought to sign that guy up for the Bears. <laughs> he did run a I long swear, way. Could you he? believe a tight end that way? I tell you, we would never we would never lose to Green Bay again <laughs> for the next fifteen years. I don't know if he's got the character that the Bears are looking for the players, but you're right, Tom. Uh, we were actually commenting on this. I was sitting watching the coverage uh, with G, who had just gotten off the air, and when he got out and started running, we both said, "Wow, this guy's in good shape," and he is. And he just kept running and running and running. As I was like, they would have caught me. They would have caught me about twenty yards down. I would have just laid down on the pavement. And went, you know what? I give up. I, I know. I'm run. surprised they didn't get him uh, at that uh, uh, gas station where he took yeah. the other car. I know. Oh my gosh! It's and you gotta. You know, the police are being uh, doing things the way they're supposed to, but they they are probably being a little extra careful uh, in light of everything that's going on too. Oh, I can imagine. I can imagine them. But you know, there's so many problems that these these poor guys and gals have on their backs right oh, yeah. now. Definitely. So you're you're uh, promoting the fact that this guy, when he gets out, in order to rehabilitate him, uh, the Bears draft him. Well, I don't think he's going to have to stand for a draft. I think you know. I think Hallis is going to. Ha- you know, he's going to hire him right away. All right. Well, you know what? There's the system hasn't worked uh, completely so far. Maybe this is a good way to do it. You find you find athletic criminals and you rehabilitate them by giving them multi million dollar athletic contracts. Well, at least there's going to be one guy that has a good twenty twenty. <laughs> There you go. Thanks, Tom. Okay. Bye-bye. It's an unusual that's an unusual take, you know, but that's you know, you have an idea like that? I think it's good. You know, Tom Tom is trying to take a bad situation 
and benefit not only this individual who is a criminal, suspected criminal, but uh, the Bears, who are always in need of fast receivers. So, I don't know. It's uh, it's something to think about. But again, the suspect is in custody, so that is uh, that is excellent. Good work by the police, and uh, you know now we now we go back to worrying about every other thing that has been happening here in uh, here in the city and in this country. Big news, though. Good news today. Let's celebrate a little bit because you and I have been locked up in our homes for a couple months, ten weeks. So let's celebrate the fact that today restrictions were eased in Chicago. And people were able to go out to a restaurant or a bar if they wanted to and sit outside. How did it go? I want to hear from you if you did this, 312-981-7200. But we will talk to the owner of the Bad Apple, uh, Kevin O'Hare, right after this and find out how it went for him and the challenges that restaurateurs are facing here in the city dealing with the regulations that the mayor has put into place and the state has put into place and how are they going to survive and thrive going forward. It's Brian Noonan in for Nick. We are going to talk to Kevin O'Hare, the owner of the Bad Apple, in just a minute. But Donna wanted to jump in. We were asking, uh, you know, I was asking you to describe 2020 so far, and uh, Donna wants to join the fun. Hi, jo- Hi, Donna. Brian, you're not going to believe this. We've had the COVID. We've got Minneapolis. We've got uh, Bendonee. And now the cicadas are coming. The cicadas are People coming. People are going to be sitting down in open-air restaurants, sharing a repast with somebody, a friend, uh, in open-air setting, and all of these locusts are going to be coming up out of the ground, hopping all over everything, being a crunchy mess, and they're louder than, than all get out. You know, we just needed another plague well, a yeah. plague of locusts a plague of locusts what else is going to happen in 2020 i am guessing that by the end of the summer godzilla will come out of lake michigan uh perhaps battle mothra somewhere on state street but yes locusts are fitting why else why wouldn't we have locusts i like it brian it's it's the good thinking on your part all right thank you donna take care <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Now, locust notwithstanding, it was a, an exciting day for restaurants and bars and small businesses in Chicago because today was the day that they could open. A lot of restrictions, but we'll find out. Is it is it better to be open with restrictions or not? Kevin O'Hare is the owner of the Bad Apple at 4300 North Lincoln Avenue. Uh, Zagats voted, voted them one of the 15 splurge-worthy burgers across America. They are uh, they have a wonderful beer selection. They use great meats. It's a, it's a wonderful place that for the last 10 weeks has not been so wonderful. Kevin, welcome, and uh, congratulations, I guess, on, on being able to at least open in some capacity today. Oh, absolutely. We're excited. We are locust free zone, by the way, but, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but we are, we were so excited to be open today. We had a full patio from about 4.30 forward. Uh, We had to close down at 8.30. There's a curfew going on, but it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. So let me get to this. First of all, it's for you, this is, this is not, you know, there's restrictions, but you had an outdoor space. What are restaurateurs in Chicago doing who don't have outdoor space? Are they pretty much just out of luck? They're absolutely out of luck, and it's usually the small folks who are out of luck as well. The big restaurants, 
they have some extra cash maybe sitting aside. But the small restaurants without patio space, they have no choice. If they're doing some to-go business, I hope they are. Uh, but a lot of them have decided not to. It's just not worth it to bring in a you know some folks to try to execute a menu just for to-go because those sales are fairly small. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a really tough time for the smaller guys. Now, what's the what is the city doing to help? Uh, I know they they were talking about shutting down some streets, but there's permits that go along for you guys being able to have sidewalk cafes and uh, and outside dining. Are they doing anything to help expedite that for people? Well, it, the city has put out some guidance on that, but it's really up to the restaurants to locate that guidance, figure out what they have to do, and then team together. So to get a side permit where you close down a section of street, three or more restaurants have to get together, and then they can do a singular permit to block off a street. But right now it's only the big main streets that they're doing um, with some of the big players again. So it's, it's the little guys are still kind of set yeah. aside on that one. So let's go back. It was it was March fifteenth. The governor announces that bars and restaurants have to close. Uh, had you had any indication leading up to that that something like this might be happening? We suspected that there was going to be some closure, and and speaking with some of my colleagues around, everybody suspected something was coming. Um, some folks hoped it was a couple of weeks. Those of us who are a little more cynical thought maybe four or five weeks. Okay. <laughs> um, we, we certainly, I don't think that anybody said, hey, we're all going to be closed for two, three, four months. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously what happened. But, but yeah, nobody, nobody really suspected it was going to be this long. It's been an interesting time. Now, were you able to make a transition into doing carryouts and things, or did you, did you completely close the bad apple? Yeah, so we ended up staying open. I'm in a, a unique position. My neighborhood, honestly, is one of the greatest neighborhoods around. We did a very strong to-go business to begin with. We okay. have really loyal, caring folks that were there, and they came out in droves to support us. It, it doesn't make up for the sales. My sales are sitting maybe at 40% of what I used to do, right. but it is enough that I was able to bring back you know, all my back-of-house staff to keep them on payroll and, and help some families out and cover some rents for everybody. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a great neighborhood. Not everybody has that. Yeah. It's, it's been, uh, for, for stories like yours there, I, I'm, I know, you know, people who are having, having troubles because they couldn't, they couldn't make that, that transition. Explain to people who would think, well, restaurant, if a restaurant is, you know, open, they should be able to do things to go. It's not that easy, right? You had that infrastructure already set, but it's, it's a hard transition to go from dine in to carry out, isn't it? And it, it's not only just the transition. So if you imagine you have to, you don't have space. If if you were doing twenty percent of your business all of a sudden to go, where do you put the food? How do you execute it? How do you get all those the drivers in from the various places to come pick it out and kind of coordinate it? And how many tablets do you have? And who's ringing them in with all the special orders? And then at the exact same time that you're then paying out the extra dollars in commission, you're also paying almost double, that's in my case, for the food itself. Okay. So now you're paying more in paper products, you're paying double in, in food product, and then it's the execution piece as well. Uh. It becomes a little challenging. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, again, people who people who have never been in the restaurant business at all, have never worked in a restaurant, just think, oh, you know, you open the doors and you start cooking, and that's how it goes. <laughs> And it, hey, I, I just want to eat and drink for a living. That's all I want to do. 
Yeah, it's not that would not be that would not be a bad life. Unfortunately, that is not the no. reality for you guys. That, that's what I strive for, though. <laughs> well, it's always good to dream, Kevin. That's the that's the yes, best. It thing. Is. Keep those keep those dreams alive. So, <laughs> how frustrating was it as this was going on to at least at least from the outside watching the news? Restaurants and small business were were never really sure when things were going to ease up a little bit, and I know a lot of it had to do with you know the virus and the science and all that. But how much were you getting communications not only from the city but from the restaurant association, and and what were you and 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 the other folks that you talked to feeling when you were like, when are we going to get to open again? Yeah, well, what I would tell you is it's it's just like it was with a lot of the other things. It was up to us to find that information. The Illinois Restaurant Association actually was very beneficial because you can log onto the site. All the information was there from the from the city and from the state itself. We relied on the news, you know, just like everybody else did, waiting for a daily update, and we'd have to listen to it. Uh, but you know, at some point in time, it became very clear the direction things were going, um, and you know it. When you walk into a Walmart or you walk into one of those other big box locations and you see everybody touching everything and it's full of crowds, you know, myself and my peers, we would always say the same thing. In a restaurant situation, it's so much more controlled. Yeah. Everybody wears gloves. Nobody's touching things, you know, and passing it between people. It's so sanitary because it was before and even more so now. So it just seemed at the time it was so much easier for us to do a better job than in all those places where we saw all those people. Well, then I, I agree because I kept thinking the same thing. Restaurants, everybody knows the restaurants are regulated by the health department. You guys undergo inspections all the time. There's a lot, a lot that goes into keeping a restaurant clean. Some places obviously do it better than others, but they're still they're still being watched. Uh, and you know, it, it had to be it had to be extremely frustrating to see uh, all this other stuff going on. So that being said, let's let's start focusing on. Hey, things are going good now. What what was the challenge when you got these guidelines to start making the bad apple uh, fit into the new normal of restaurants for at least now? Well, we actually did we did a small remodel in the back our our kitchen. You know, all the plates and all that stuff went away, replaced with to go boxes. We set up new stations in the back to execute. We execute everything off the full bar front, so we'll have you know, 20, 25 to-go orders on a Friday and Saturday night, which remain our busy nights, as you would expect. Sure. And that now becomes a staging area for everything. And and now with the patio, we went out and we did. We took our measuring tape and we measured it out, not six feet between tables, but six feet between where this chair sits at the end of the table, because you really want that six-foot distance. Right. Oh, um, so I this, didn't even think about that. You keep hearing that number six feet, but yeah, your tables aren't going to move, but People sit in chairs, and some like to sit close, some like to sit far away. Yeah, so you, so what we did is we sat in the chairs, and then we measured from where that was to the end of the back of the next person that would have been sitting in a chair, you know, because otherwise it looks like a full patio. So. Yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> which, good. Which I'm, I'm dying to get back to, oh, mind sure. you. Oh, sure, yes, definitely. <laughs> we just want to do it the right way. But, you know, we, we did some redesign in the restaurant. We, we've got safety protocols in place with our staff members. We've been working with the same group of folks. Nobody's been without a mask in the building since the first day that this happened. That was a rule. So, I mean, we're raring to go. Very nice. Well, Kevin O'Hare is my guest. He is the owner of the Bad Apple at 4300 North Lincoln. They opened their patio up today. Uh, BadAppleBar.com is the website. You can go there and get all the information. If you have a question about 
dining out that you want to ask Kevin if you've had his burgers before and you're like, oh, I'm so glad you're back. Uh, we'll talk to Kevin a little bit more after this, but uh, the number is 312-981-7200. If you want to jump in on the conversation, you are always welcome here at WGN. It's Brian Noonan in for Nick on 720 WGN. Big day in Chicago. Restaurants, bars got to open up with outdoor seating, small businesses, uh, haircut, barbershops, salons, pedicures. They all opened up with new restrictions. Kevin O'Hare is the owner of the Bad Apple, popular bar restaurant at 4300 North Milwaukee, or North Lincoln, rather, 4300 North Lincoln. 773-360-8406 is their phone number, and badapplebar.com is the website. So, Kevin, you already said tonight, tonight a huge success. Today was, today was great. People were coming in. Were people being patient? I would imagine the first couple of days they're so excited to get out that they're, they're not going to cause any trouble. They were so kind. I couldn't tell you how kind they were. They're normally great anyway, but even more so today. Everybody was honestly just saying, thank you just for being open. Yeah. We can't wait. We just wanted to sit down and have a beer. We just want to sit down and relax, be out of the house. I mean, to a table, everybody said the same sort of thing. Okay, so walk us through. Now that now that things have changed a little bit, you, were, you talked about having to rearrange the tables and leave the space, and we all know that. And your staff, your staff is always wearing masks. What what does a consumer have to do when they come to the Bad Apple? And how, what's the procedure? Do we just go to the table? Are you taking reservations? How do we do it? How do we get there to enjoy ourselves? Yeah. So when somebody comes, we've done a we've we've got a couple of neat little features on there. So if somebody comes, we have a a checklist that they check in with us. We ask them to limit the dining to about an hour and 45 minutes, just so we can give somebody else an idea of when we can seat them. We do not use any paper menus. There's a QR code on each table. So you just take your smartphone, give it a little scan, all our menus pop up, so nobody touches anything, and they're all fine with that. They think it's great. Yeah, I like that. Um, Yeah, it's a a nice, handy little feature. We're moving into modern technology nowadays. Um, they're not required to wear a mask by Chicago rules uh, and by Illinois rules once they're sitting at their table. So you can sit down without a mask because they're properly spaced out. No tables more than six. So as long as it's a family that's all together and they're living and we have to take them at their word for that, you can have a party of six sitting at a table. Uh, And other than that, it should be pretty easy. We don't put condiments out like we used to because no sharing of bottles, right. so we'll get ketchup on the on the plate, where before we, we make our house-made ketchup, it would be in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, but those are, for the most part, those should be the only real changes that we have. Um, and then hopefully in the, in the near future, once the inside dining comes up, we'll move from maybe 25% to 50% occupancy. Okay. That's sort of the direction I would see that going. Have they given you any indication of when that might happen? Well, in phase four, changes will be made to everybody. And if phase four continues, Chicago is about a week behind Illinois. So I would look to the next four weeks, uh, maybe moving into phase four, as long as uh, the numbers appear to be correct. Uh, And at that point, what my guess is that we'll be able to shoot for a 50% occupancy internally. That's what I I would think. That's going to help a lot because... Restaurants and bars operate on a a very narrow margin for profit. So, yes, you're open, but you said, as you said, you know, you're at like forty percent of your sales. So that's that's not sustainable for a lot of a lot of places. 
Oh, absolutely not. Your fixed costs remain the same. You're still paying 100% of your rent and of your power and of your gas, all those things that never change. You know, and, and the uh, the addition, the server minimum wage goes up $2 an hour on July 1st. Uh, so that's going to add an, an additional layer of of uh, expense on to right. already struggling restaurants moving forward. Now, has the, have have you thought about? We're seeing stories about all uh, restaurants in different places putting on these these surcharges. Have, have you added surcharges, or you know, obviously, most most consumers know or should know that the price of doing business it has changed. How are you guys addressing yep. that? So, in lieu of a surcharge. I, I added a dollar here and there on my menu to some some menu items. You know, it's I'm I'm paying double. I certainly did not pass on all the expense, uh, and we're making way less in terms of that penny profit on that yeah. particular item. But I think the surcharge is a strange way to go about doing it. Yeah, I tell you know? I I like the way you did it because I would rather I understand things that things cost a little more. If I have to pay a dollar more, that's fine. But I don't want to see a line item at the bottom that I'm. The surcharge because I know I know a business has expenses, so just roll it in like like we always did before. Sure, and 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 we didn't we certainly didn't you know crank up the prices so that it was something crazy. But if somebody said, "Hey, I used to pay fourteen and it's now fifteen dollars," I talk to my staff members and I'll go chat with those folks. When prices go back down, I'm going to drop the price back down then. You know, I have no intention on, on, I'm not trying to make any money on that stuff, you know, just trying to help cover a couple of additional expenses that have come up. So, Has there been any change in supply? Is it harder now to get to get the food that you need, the meat to get make the burgers, the, the beers that you guys have beers from all over the world? Your beer menu is unbelievably extensive. Has supply been a, a challenge? Yeah, so right now we have, I don't know if we're, where we rank, but I'd, I'd say we're somewhere in the top 10 in terms of our beer menu. I've got 150 in bottle and can alone, uh, plus what I have on tap. Within within those bottles and cans, probably about 20% have had some issues. And unfortunately, a number of really cool smaller breweries have gone out of business due yeah. to this pandemic. And, and that's really unfortunate. It's my hope that you know somebody will fund them in the future and they can come back. Uh, we've had some issues with the food supplies. Uh, we ran for about two weeks without maybe 15% of them, but we, we made a couple of small recipe changes here and there uh, and just kind of worked our way through it. Now, let me ask you, this is something that, uh, you know, when I go out, at some point I'm going to have to use the restroom. You said people have to wear masks when they come in. They don't have to wear masks at the table, but then they will have to wear masks to go inside to use the restroom, Correct. That is correct, 100%. I am lucky enough that where my patio sits, it is 15 steps to the restroom straight ahead. Perfect. Uh, not not everybody has that, but no. we, have it, we have it clearly marked. They are not allowed in any other section of the restaurant. We still do our pickup for the grub hubs and the door dashes and just the regular folks picking up. goes through a front door, which is totally separated, so we try to isolate everybody as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they can still roll in, but we're all masked up, everybody that's in the building. Boy, I tell you, it shows how adaptable you have to be if you own your own business. Well, you, we should all be adaptable, but for you guys, did you ever imagine, could you have imagined 10 weeks ago that today would look like it did? Absolutely not. I've been doing this for a long time. I, I'm, I'm 
a little older than than I would like to admit, <laughs> but you know, aren't we all? I've been Kevin? doing this. I've been doing this for over thirty years, and this is this is something that thirty years from now we'll be telling war stories about how we had to deal with this and the things that we did, and and everyone's going to think we're exaggerating, and it's not. Now, I mentioned before that Tom was raving about the bad apple, and what I'm looking, I, I don't know what the burger is on the homepage of your website, badapplebar.com, but I'm not going to be able to look at it much longer because I'm. it's making me very, very hungry. What's the secret to the burgers at the bad apple? So we don't use a regular burger blend like most restaurants do. We use it, it, Our burgers are, in essence, steak. We get them from Pat LaFrida arguably the most noteworthy butcher in the country. The picture you're looking at is a 45-day dry-aged prime rib Wagyu beef burger. Oh. So it is it oh. is the ultimate burger that you can get. We change it up every single week with different toppings. We have an executive chef that creates new things for it, and we serve it the way you want it. And and it's just it's always medium rare. You can't cook more than that. Okay. It's a very special burger, you know. If if you really want to, we will. But that's our recommendation, of course. But all our burgers are this really awesome proprietary blend, and it's just it's fantastic. If you bite our burger next to somebody else's, it is a clear difference in taste and in texture, and just it's fantastic. Oh. This is not what I need to be talking about when there's no food yeah. in sight here. But I can't wait. Now, have you? I know some places because of this have changed their menu. But you said you were doing your full carryout the whole time. So is the, the whole full, time. full menu is is available for people who are used to going to the bad apple? They can still get their favorites. Always. Now, I will tell you that the really great thing that Chicago and Illinois did, which helps us and I think helps the consumer, from what I've seen, all our customers love it. You can now take those 150 bottles and cans home when you get to go food so that's a really big win and you get more of the bad apple experience when you do that you get a you get a wagyu burger from us you get a pipeworks ninja versus unicorn ipa taken home with you you're loving it yeah that was that that had to be something that every bar and restaurant owner was was hoping would get passed and it, it passed unbelievably easily i thought with a you know a lot of bipartisan support the governor had said he was going to sign it right away and he did so uh that as you said that's a big boon that you can now you know cocktails to go a hundred percent and and you know what with uh, with our selection there's something for everyone you can't possibly look at my list and not like something yeah I, you said <laughs> i've had you, all 150 of them <laughs> have you tried them all I, of course I of have. Course Probably have. more than once I've worked through that list. <laughs> I'm looking over it, and I'm like, I'm thinking, well, you said an hour and 45 minutes. It's going to take me that long to pick a couple of beers to have. <laughs> uh, you know, cause we'll be, be able to walk you through that. No I'll worries. Be, now, that's, that's so, you know, you go to some places, and this is, if you're not a beer person, this menu could be, the beer menu could be very daunting. Uh, I'm sure your staff is well-versed in what all of these beers are. It is. So I've got my beer list set up in two ways, and my staff teaches folks about it. If you want to come in and you say, I like an IPA or I like a cider or I like a lager, I've got those separated by those styles, and they're very easy. If you want to be a beer snob, which we cater to beer snobs too, and I mean that in a very complimentary way, you look through our beer list and our beer Bible, you can have as many cool and unique things that you can't get anywhere else, and you'll get that experience as well. And if you come in and say, I really don't know what I like, <laughs> we can ask a couple of questions, you know? There you we go. say, hey, you know, people sometimes say, I like Blue Moon. We don't carry Blue Moon. 
say, you know what, I've got four beers that'll kind of match that a little bit. Or if you like a lager, let me give you two great suggestions or a cider. They're very well-versed, and, and we can walk you through all of that. And you've got a lot of great local breweries represented on that list as well, which is fantastic. Absolutely, we do. We, we do local as much as we can. I would say that right now about 35% of my menu is local on that. It's terrific And with stuff. that many beers, that's a lot of local. That is a lot of local. And if, if, if you are looking, there's nothing better than sitting outside drinking a beer and having a burger, and the Bad Apple is the place. Kevin O'Hare is the owner, 4300 North Lincoln Avenue. Uh, the number, 773-360-8406, badapplebar.com. And I just want to you're not taking table reservations. Was that correct? Nope. But okay. here's what I recommend. You call us before you're ready to come out. We'll give you an idea of where we are, and that may change based on the volume of our business over the next couple of weeks because, okay. like everything else, we're going to have to adapt a little bit as well. Right. Well, good luck, Kevin. I'm glad you were able to uh, get things started today, and I'm happy that the the semi-relaunch went uh, went smoothly. All right. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Take care, Kevin. Uh, that's Kevin O'Hare, the Bad Apple. Uh, Tom's, Tom could not... Speak more highly of it, and I'm telling you, I'm looking at this. Uh, I'm looking at this burger, and it's. I, I'm going crazy. Just, uh, man, I love a good burger and a beer. All right, here's here's my question to you because you hear you hear Kevin talking, and you you know this. We've been following it along. Restaurants in the suburbs opened up over the weekend. Some probably didn't get to stay open too long, depending on where they were because of the riots and things. Are you ready to go out? Have you already gone out to a restaurant? Were you one of the people who were at the Bad Apple today? Were you one of the people who were out this weekend at your favorite uh, suburban restaurant? Tell me how it was. Tell me how your experience changed. Was the wait longer or shorter than what you expected? Was everybody wearing a mask? How did the other customers react? I haven't been to a restaurant yet. I'm not... I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do about that, but... I want to hear from you. So tell me about your experience if you've been out to eat in the last few days because it's basically a whole new thing for us again. All right? 312-981-7200. We'll talk about it after this on WGN. All right, 312-981-7200. We just talked to Kevin O'Hare from the Bad Apple. Have you gone out to eat yet? Everything opened up, uh, you know. To an extent, but we'll say they opened up. The restaurants in the suburbs opened up on Friday. The restaurants in the city opened up today. Uh, great weather today. A little warm, but uh, not a bad day in Chicago to be sitting outside at a bar uh, having a cocktail or a burger or some uh, some dinner. But I'm wondering, if you went, how was it? What was the experience like? Because it vastly different than when you went out to dinner early in February. You know, uh, when you went out for your Valentine's Day dinner. You didn't have to wear a mask. You were sitting right on top of other people. Things were a lot different. How was it today? And if you haven't gone, like myself and, and Tom, when do you think you'll be ready? What's it, what's it going to take for you to be ready to finally pull the trigger and go out? I'm, to be honest, I'm not in a hurry because I've been doing a lot of bringing in from my local restaurants, and I know that's a small thing, but... You know, if you listen to restaurateurs, all of it helps. So for some of us, I think continuing to support our favorite local places can be done without having to go in. I don't know. What what is it? What is it? What's it going to take for you, Tom? What do you think it's going to take for you? Is it just going to be time? Is it going to be the numbers, the science? It's going to be obviously taking in 
a lot of those different factors. I mean, when it comes to decision-making, it's never just one thing. Right. You never just look in the newspaper and say, well, it's okay now. You you, you look at different uh, things that you care about. Maybe you are checking the numbers. Maybe you're not. Right. Maybe you're, maybe you're just some people waiting for so, things to be open. Yeah, they were so excited to go out. It does. It doesn't matter. Which is fine. Let's go. Yes. You know, we've we've been given you know a certain level of okay. Right. On this, which you know, however you feel about it, that's where we're at with it. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of personal confidence, mm-hmm. a little bit of hearing from you know, different restaurateurs and maybe checking in, calling in and saying, you know, what's the patio situation? Even scoping it out a little bit. I live right around the corner from a place not unlike the Bad Apple that has their little strip of patio on Montrose. It's not a whole lot of space, but, you know, they're making ends meet with it. And I saw it. It was full. There were plenty of people out there. And I still said to myself, not yet. I feel that until uh, an inside can be open, yeah, at, even at fifty percent capacity, that might be my benchmark. Is That's... once the inside can be open to a certain extent. Because how many places really have a substantial well, patio? That's it. And I hated waiting before, and now if you know the the seating is so limited, the wait is going to be exponentially longer. As I said, I can still support the places that I was going to support anyway. So I'm not in a big hurry, but again, I'm I'm not the demographic that goes out all the time. I'm not I'm not uh, going out to bars as like I used to. You know, occasionally I'll stop at a tap room and have a beer. But I've been able to get my local my local breweries are still open for curbside, so I've been able to do that. Uh, the restaurants I like, I've been able to bring stuff in. Now, does that does that? Uh, completely fulfill the whole dining experience going out no but we don't have that full dining experience anymore we have a different scaled down dining thing and to be quite honest i love sitting outside to have a beer i'm not crazy about eating outside it's just it's not my thing i don't uh i'm not a big fan of picnics if i'm the only time i really like eating outside is if we're at a place on the water you know, if you're on a vacation, you're eating outside and you can see the the boats and things, then I like eating outside. Most places I, I always pick inside, you know, <laughs> even in the summer, I'm like, eh, I'll eat inside. But so I'm not, I'm not in a rush. I understand why you might be. And that's why I'm wondering how it was, because from all the, all the images we've seen, not only today here in the city, but early in the weekend in the burbs. People were ready, man. People were itching to get out, and I don't blame them. But I'm wondering if it's if it's worth is it worth the hassle at this point? You know, you want to keep your local places going. How much are you willing to? How much are you willing to sacrifice with time and everything else to enjoy enjoy being out? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. I would try to think because now some of the places out in the burbs that I know that I um. That I go there, they have been cobbling together outdoor spaces. A lot of them didn't have them. So I know one of the uh, breweries that I go to in Berwyn, I saw them posting today that that's, that city has allowed them now to build some outdoor, an outdoor area. They never, they're right on the street, they're a storefront, so they didn't have any outdoor space, but looks like Berwyn has made an exception to allow businesses to open. Uh, another business, uh, 
small business that I know in uh, Forest Park, they had a very small parking lot next to their next to the business, and they've been able to put some picnic tables out there. You know, so and, and they've they're now trying to bring back a very limited menu. They used to have a very extensive menu. Now it's going to be limited, but but it's better than nothing. It, it enables them to keep some of their costs down because, as Kevin said, the fixed prices always stay the same. You now have extra costs for your food, your cleaning supplies. Your now you've got to do either paper menus. I did like that bad the bad apple uh, mode of a QR code on on the table, so you get your menu right on the phone. But and, and as cool as that is, and I think it's a great solution. What about you folks that? don't have a smartphone that or at least don't know how to use a qr that's not that's not second nature to everybody it's not but i'll tell you you know how i learned to do it i went to we were at a brewery surprise and they had they had their beer menu up on a an led board and it kept flipping and i I couldn't they said oh we have this qr code where you can just pull it up and i was like i don't know what that means they said well you get the q go to your go to the app store and get the qr reader app it's a free app and then the QR reader app comes up, and you see the little box, and you just hold it over the QR code, and all of a sudden, bing, the ma- it, it couldn't be easier. So if you've never done this and you go to a place, and listen, I'm not a spring chicken, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a Luddite. It was not hard to, to download an app and then read it. And then you can take as long as you want to read the menu because it's not flashing by. You go, I think I went to, oh. you get the QR code, and that's fine. But that way, they don't have to worry about disposable menus. Uh, These are all, this is uncharted territory for a lot of these places. And that's why I'm wondering, uh, you know, how much much you're willing to go out and deal with this. It's, I'm going to go sooner or later. But I think I'm like, I think I might wait till phase four, too. I say that now. I may go to, you know, I may go and just sit uh, sit outside somewhere and have a beer, maybe. But then then I start to get a little nervous, and you might be getting you might get that same way, and you think, is it worth maybe getting sick? I don't know. We're still we still got the pandemic going. Some people think that way, and that's okay. You know, do you want to? You don't have to wear the mask when you're sitting down, so it, that part is normal. You're sitting down, you're eating, you're you're drinking. Is it is it making you is it adding an extra layer of anxiety? I guess would be a good word for it. And I, plus, how good have people gotten at cooking at home too? People are cooking at home a they lot. Might, they might just say, you know what? It might not be the highest quality meat. Right. It might not be, you know, the best beer. It might not be a concoction I've never had before. But. I can get pretty close. And if you really, really have a taste for something, you can carry it out. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you, if there's, if you're thinking to yourself, man, I want that Wagyu burger from the bad apple. Oh man, I got to get, okay. Call, they've got the delivery service. You can pick it up yourself. You can get it. It helps. They're still, you know, they're happy because they're, they're getting the, the sale. Now, restaurants and bars, now that you can get the beers and, and cocktails to go too, you can get the whole experience at your house if you want to. If you're if you don't want to go out just yet, you're going to wait a little while. You can get everything 
you know, call ahead, get yourself a pizza, get a couple cocktails. I was very excited about that uh, that little deal, the uh, cocktails to go phenomenon. That's a Friday night. It is. You get it. You get it right in there. A lot of these places are now. You know, they're selling the kits. Comes with the booze and the mixes and the directions. Um, my brother gave my wife a mai tai kit from a place to celebrate her second masters. Oh my gosh, it was like we were drinking them right at the place because they give you step-by-step directions and all the things, and I felt like Tom Cruise in cocktail. I've had one of those cocktail shakers in my house probably for 20 years. I'd never used it. Within the last three weeks, holy cow, I'm flipping that thing over my head. I'm shaking it like a lunatic. All right, on the other side of the news, we are going to continue talking a little bit about food, and you are always welcome to jump in. 312-981-7200. Want to hear from you. Marnie Schur is going to join us. She is the editor-in-chief of The Takeout. You've heard Marnie on the show with Nick before. We're going to tell, we got all kinds of fun food stories. There's a lot going on in the world of food, and we are going to explore it all on the other side. And then, after 1 o'clock, I have not talked to this guy in a while, uh, Lenny Schmidt. A fabulous comic, very, very funny guy, local guy, uh, now lives, uh, makes his home in L.A. when he's not on the high seas. So uh, he is going to join us. We're going to lighten things up a little bit, have a little fun with Lenny. And then at 2 o'clock, it's an all-new edition of Tips for Tom. Oh, my goodness, I know. You can hardly wait, can't you? All right, we're going to do it all after the news, which comes your way after this on WGN. After midnight, we're going to let it all hang. That is true. I am letting it all hang down. It is Brian Noonan in for Nick. Tom, very uncomfortable of my decision to let it all hang down, but, you know, I'm listening to the music. I let it move me. I do what it says. I am a slave to the rock and roll. Uh, 312-981-7200. That's how you get a hold of us all night. We're here until 4 a.m., so why not jump on and have some fun? We are going to talk a little bit of food. There is so much going on in the world of food, and, uh, you know, you've been home for 10 weeks. Maybe you started cooking. Maybe you've been experimenting with different foods. Maybe you've become your the foodie of your block and you want to share some secrets with us, feel free to jump in. Marnie Shore is the editor-in-chief of The Takeout. You have heard her here with Nick before. TheTakeout.com is the website. You can follow her on Twitter at Marnie Shore. Uh, Marnie, welcome. Thanks for joining me. Good to have you. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, Listen, Tom speaks very highly of you, and normally I discount his opinion, but I, uh, I've heard you here before, and I was very excited to get to talk to you tonight because... There seems to be a lot going on. First of all, if people haven't been to the website to take out, they need to get there because anything yes, you want do. to know. Thank you. <laughs> whether it's whether it's funny food stories or you know you guys do some sort of, some comparisons. You get uh, five good reasons to pull out your bunt pan. I don't even know if I have a bunt pan at home. I think. Well, you need to get one. I think there's one, but all right. Well, let's start there. Why do I need to pull out my bunt pan? So many reasons. Um, I was such. I was delighted to edit this article um, because I have a bunt pan and use it a lot. And even I thought that there were a lot more uses than I ever knew. I mean, even just fill it with ice and then put the giant, beautiful ice cube you've made into a bowl of punch at a party, and everybody will be so impressed. <laughs> All right, there you got me there. That's impressive. I like yeah, that. Yeah, and then there's of course all the cakes you can make, but. I don't know if people want to make, uh, people are kind of going baking crazy in the, yeah. in this time of uh, quarantine. So there's lots of great ways to use it for cake. Um, I use it for Jello because um, I'm, you know, at, at heart, I'm a 1950s uh, domestic <laughs> goddess. So. Do you put grapes in there? Are you one of those people who put, uh, who float fruit in their Jello? 
I should be. Uh, mostly I've just been floating a lot of booze in it, but I Ooh. think that I should start adding real fruit to really impress people. Now, see, uh, you had me at the booze and the jello because I am not, <laughs> I'm not a jello guy at all. It, mm-hmm. uh, it always, I always think that I'm in the hospital. But if you put, uh, you put some booze in there, then, you know, I'm easily swayed. <laughs> yes, then it is, it is definitely a party. So, all right, so I'll, I'm going to get the, uh, I'm going to get that out. What do you make of this? Well, you mentioned everybody is turning to baking. And if you're, if you're on Instagram, you see everybody, oh, they're making breads, they're making this, they're making that. What do you make of all this? Well, I think it's only natural that, um, especially because people started staying at home when it was, in most of the country, still pretty cold out. We were all still in nesting mode. And so I do my best baking in the wintertime. And so we caught the tail end of winter and gave ourselves, you know, something to do. Um, So I think it's really cool how people are learning and encouraging each other during this time to try to make things they've never made before. And, you know, with stuff like Instagram and Twitter, we have all the ways in the world to share our work with each other in ways that maybe people haven't thought about before. So it's really kind of been an, a, a really energizing trend, and it's given me a lot of recipes that I want to try in the future, too. Have you fallen prey to the banana bread craze? Are you are you making a lot of <laughs> banana bread? So the funny thing about banana bread is our recipe developer, Alison Robicelli, who writes our recipes on, on our website, she said, no, no, no. Let's not even call it banana bread. Let's call it banana cake because that's what it really is. Uh-huh. And then she made a great recipe for it. You know, it's it's heavy and it's sweet and it's full of sugar. Let's call it cake and have more fun with it. So she has a great recipe for banana cake if that's something that people are interested in. I like I like that terminology a lot better because I don't banana yeah. and bread doesn't go together, but banana cake that was that's a match made in heaven. Exactly. And doesn't it sound more appetizing to finish a meal with? It does sound more appetizing. And now to go 180 degrees, uh, I was reading your your latest piece, uh, the strangest non-food item that you've found in your food. First of all, where do you come up with that idea? And then how how crazy did the stories get? (laughs) Well, so yeah, we, we had this idea because, unfortunately, everyone on our staff, and had the experience where you're eating something that came from either a restaurant or a packaged piece of food, you know, from the grocery uh-huh. store, and you take a bite and you know immediately that something is wrong. Uh. <laughs> um, sometimes when I pose these questions to our readers, you don't know what we're going to find, and I'm always more grossed out than I thought I would be, but in a good way. Uh, I think okay. it's better to know this stuff than to not know it. And, um, you know, I thought I had it bad. I I had a bagel um, that this was years ago, but I had a bagel that had a big chunk of wood in it, um, like a wooden what? paddle was baked right into the bagel. Oh my god! It was it was the strangest thing, and of course, it was the same color because it's that golden brown color. Right. And so I looked at it and I was like, "Why does this feel so rigid?" When I took it out of the package, and so it had this yeah, a big. I mean, I would have gotten. Pretty hurt biting into that. Um, But, you know, considering some of the stories that ended up flowing in from readers, I had it lucky. Uh, Can you you give um, us a couple of examples, maybe that won't turn our stomach, but we all ate dinner a long time ago, so. Yeah, you know, I I won't get too specific, but a big category was bugs. (laughs) (laughs) Because they end up in every production line, and, you know, they're naturally occurring on a lot of produce. So if you order, you know, organic, maybe it's going to be in there. Um, uh, And then maybe also broadly, I would say, sex 
factory parts <laughs> because you know <laughs> production lines you know they yeah. they've got loose loose screws or you know little bits of metal and they're not always perfect and as they break down the the breakdown can occur into the food of course it's very rare oh. because there are inspections that kind of take care of that but hope. every so often you get the horror stories oh, now tom is tom is raising yeah. his hand yeah i got a lug nut <laughs> in some pizza dough once a, no. a lug nut in a pre-made uh, pizza or like a frozen yeah, pizza? Yeah, so so like the uh, you know how you can go to the store buy like just the crusts. Yes, yes you just yeah, throw yeah. a little sauce on, a little cheese. Uh, yeah, took a bite into one of those and spit out a piece of metal. It was like a lug nut. Whoa! Ooh. Did you need a trip to the dentist after that? Oh, thankfully no, because uh, I don't. <laughs> I do not like the dentist, but it, it it didn't taste terrible. It was a little a little. You know, metally, metallic, sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, added a, a certain robustness to the flavor. Oh, I'm, <laughs> I must eat way too fast because I don't think I've ever found it. I found a, a bug in a bag of salad, but that was before I before I ate it. So I've never. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I just wolf my food down without chewing. So uh, who knows what I've swallowed? But I've never <laughs> probably eaten a whole car at this point. It could have been rodents. Uh, the whole thing. <laughs> Did you get any rodents? Uh, any animals? Any, any animal stories? You know what? I bet we did. And here's the funny part. I was out of the office today. I come back. There's a hundred comments under this thing, and oh everybody's God. got horror stories to tell. So I'm still sifting through them. <laughs> hey, and if you want to, if you want to jump in and share your horror story while we're talking to Marty, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We won't dwell on we won't dwell on that because uh, you know that's stomach turning, and there's so many yeah. good things that are coming. Uh, I I got to take a quick break, Marty. But when we come back, uh, one of my favorite places is about to uh, bequeath unto us. Frosty treats, very iced, iced deliciousness will be coming to us. What am I talking about? Marnie probably doesn't even know. I know. You'll know after this. Marnie sure is my guest. She's the editor-in-chief of The Takeout. 312-981-7200 if you want to jump on. TheTakeout.com is the website. We'll be back with more with Marnie right after this. It's Brian Noonan in for Nick. We are talking food with Marnie Shore, the editor-in-chief of The Takeout. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter, Marnie Shore. Uh, and uh, I was I was babbling prior to uh, prior to going to the break, Marnie, because I was so excited. Krispy Kreme is uh, doing something. I think uh, one of the most generous acts of any food purveyor ever. Not to hyperbolize or anything. Not at all. I don't think... Uh, listen, I have literally risked my life when I've seen the hot donut light go on. I have I have pulled a U-turn, and this is not a lie, in Augusta, Georgia. I pulled a U-turn across a six-lane highway because the hot donut light now went on as I was passing. So when I, when <laughs> I say... Was it the best donut of your life? <laughs> listen, it's a, it's a hot Krispy Kreme. It's like a ball of <laughs> frosting. It's unbelievable. I have to agree with you there. <laughs> so what what are they doing? Why are they doing what they're doing? What are they doing and why? So Krispy Kreme, all this week, um, from uh, Monday to Friday, so you have until Friday the 5th, um, they are giving away free donuts all week because every year there's a National Donut Day. Because, you know, there's a National Everything oh, sure. Day. And so every year they give out free donuts on National Donut Day. But this year probably because they know we all need it. They are making it National Donut Week, and they're giving out donuts all week long. And the best part is you just drive up and you just ask for one. There's no purchase necessary. 
You don't have to do anything particular. You just ask for a donut, and they will give you one of your choice. It's not even just the plain glaze. They'll give you different flavors and stuff, too. It's it's like Halloween for donut addicts. This is perfect. It's (laughs) trick-or-treating. And you don't have to have a costume. Yes, I just walk up as me. Hey, can I have a donut? Sure, why not? Now, next week I try that, I'm going to get arrested. But up until Friday, (laughs) I can walk into Krispy Kreme. That is is wonderful. Now, and and it's good for a chain that, you know... uh, Krispy Kreme has always seemed to have its ups and downs since it, they decided to venture north. You know, you'd see they, they opened big, and then they went, a lot of the places went out of business, and they came back again. So this is a nice little uh, PR stunt for them. Oh, for sure. And, you know, they're also, um, before the um, pandemic hit, I, I assume these plans are still going through, in January they announced that they're going to do a Times Square location with a huge um, glazing machine, and people get to come in and look at them glaze like thousands of donuts a minute. <laughs> and uh, if that goes through, that would be really cool. Have you ever stood there and watched the donuts go through that glazing machine? It's like hypnosis. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. And I I can't be the only one who's thought about how fun it would be to go through that glazing machine. Oh, yeah, with a bunch of spoons. Yeah, just just get covered in glaze and then come out all crunchy. Uh, since we're talking about donuts, let me ask you this. There was a, a, a donut renaissance a few years ago where all these designer donut places opened up and every, there were donut wars going on everywhere. You had Do-Right and Sam's, and uh, or Stan's rather, and all these other places. And now in the last couple of years, a lot of the donut places are starting to go away. What ha- What happened? Have we lost our love of donuts? You know, I think that donuts came about uh, at the convergence of a few different food trends, right? I think that we really started embracing the fatty desserts again Mm -hmm. after maybe being a bit afraid of them for a while. You know, it was like the Atkins craze, and then there were all the (laughs) diet crazes, and it's like, let's exit that time and go fully back to desserts. But also, donuts are very photogenic, and now we all post all our food on the internet, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or whatever. So I think, you know, it's got bright sprinkles. It was just so perfectly placed to become the hot food trend. Um, And and it kind of tellingly replaced a trend like, do you remember whoopie pies? Whoopie? No, I don't. What's a whoopie pie? A whoopie pie is like, it's two thin pieces of cake. It's like a cake sandwich with frosting in the middle. Oh. And they're amazing. Like an old pie kind of thing? (laughs) But yeah, so the huh? No, I don't. I don't. I yeah. don't think I've ever had a whoopie. I had a moon pie back in the day, but I've never. I never oh, had a whoopie too. pie. Yeah, but yeah, whoopie pies just aren't as like pretty as donuts. So my oh. suspicion is that we keep getting new hot trend in food that that's prettier and prettier until we get something that's utterly ridiculous looking. So what do you think the trend is that uh, bumped donuts off the front page, so to speak? Oh, gosh, good question. I think it's going to be something from either Japan or Korea because they know how to make desserts so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And they know how to make them photogenic, too. All right. Well, that's something. So, and I'm sure pretty soon every all the uh, quote-unquote influencers will have them on their, their grams and stuff, and then everybody will start wanting to eat that. Whatever it is. That's right. <laughs> right. Well, listen, I'm I'm a sucker for all that kind of stuff, but now, I, Tom, we need to search out whoopie pies so I can feel like I know what we're talking about. I, I, who knows? All right, let's, uh, let's keep moving on because there's a lot of stuff to cover, and you can always jump in, 312-981-7200. 
Have you been feeling extra stressed, Marty, when you've gone to the grocery store lately? Or maybe you haven't gone to the grocery store during these pandemic times because it it just raises your anxiety. There's got to be a way that we can... uh, You guys said there's a game we can make up to kind of ease our stress? Yeah, there's a game plan for stress-free grocery shopping because there is actually more and more mounting evidence these days that grocery store anxiety is a real thing. Um, People are, you know, feeling this certain way when they go into the store because we are told that it is a place where lots of variables are, you know, uncontrollable and you can't control the environment and that makes people a little nervous. Mm -hmm. So um, we released an article all about how to go to the grocery store and limit your stress and sort of reduce all those variables down to what you can control. Um, one, one tip is the same as normal times as well, which is go in with a list, go in with a very specific list. And if you can, if you know this grocery store really well, fill out that list in the order that you would pass those items in the store. That way you're never doubling back. I like that idea because I'm, I'm all about the list, but I like this organizational, uh, way to do the list. Yeah, and it, it, it kind of helps when you're building the list back at home, too, because it makes you kind of mentally walk through the store and think, okay, what do I need in every aisle? And if you think about produce first and then work your way around the perimeter of the store, then going in the aisles, you'll get through the store much faster. All right, um, that's a good tip. What else can we do? Yeah, you know, um, another thing is if you're getting stuff for other people, whether it's people you share a household with or people that you are doing some shopping for as a favor, um, always have an idea in mind of what they need. And if they if the store doesn't have that item, have some backups planned in advance because you don't want to be scrambling in the store trying to text someone or call someone. And most grocery stores have terrible cell reception. Yeah, I don't so, know why that is, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> I go to call home and, oh, there's no signal. They're yeah, not who the knows eggs. why? I don't know why they're such lead fortresses. But, <laughs> um, yeah, you don't want to try to find a signal when you, you're trying to get in and out as fast as possible. So if someone asks you to buy them pasta, make sure you know which kind yes. or what the backup should be, you know. Um, and the the most uh, useful tip that I found in this list for myself was alternate your bulk buys. We all need stuff that we have to buy in bulk, right. but you shouldn't buy all your bulk stuff at the same time because, you know, a lot of people aren't driving to the store in major cities. A lot of people are walking to the store. You don't want to carry all that stuff. Right. But also it saves money because each trip is going to be less of a huge ticket item. Um, and it just lets you think more about, okay, what what can I get out of the store with that will be maximally useful today? Okay. Now, what about people have, uh, People were buying, uh, you know, not not hoarding uh, per se, but they're buying a little bit, uh, little bit extra of certain things. What What's the kind of stuff, you know, because we know there's expiration dates. There, are there some things that we can buy that are going to last a little longer? Oh, sure. Um, basically, any canned food is, is always a good bet because if you keep the cans in good condition, there's no real expiration date on those. The expiration date on the can kind of tells you when it'll stay its freshest and brightest, yeah. but you, it's still safe to eat almost forever. <laughs> well, like if people buy cheese, cheese is going to last a long time, right? Sour cream, that kind of stuff. You could, you could leave that in the fridge for a while. 
Yeah, as long as your fridge has a good humidity control in it, you're probably set with those too. And, um, you know, you can, as long as things are stored in a cool, dark place, most produce can last a lot longer than you think too. Potatoes, they last really long time as long as they're kept out of the light. Yes, I've, I've, this, this is something I've learned, uh, during the pandemic. I, with fruits, I, I never used to keep apples and oranges. I keep them in a fruit bowl, you know, but now I've, they're in the refrigerator and they last so much longer. Yeah, and they taste just as great as the day you bought them. They taste terrific. All right. I, I've, I don't know if you have found this, uh, Marnie, but people don't seem to be able to read big red stickers on the uh, floor of the grocery store telling them that an aisle is one way. Have you run into this? <laughs> That's causing me the most anxiety. And I, because I wonder, how did you get to be an adult and not be able to read? I know. It's almost like everyone's just retraining their muscle memories at this point. <laughs> I, I have been trying to avoid that problem entirely by going to my corner store okay. because they only let four people in at a time. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Yeah, less variables. Now you go. All right, we're gonna, we've are gonna. we got a lot to get to. Marnie Schur is my guest. She's the editor-in-chief of The Takeout. 312-981-7200 if you want to hop in. Uh, we're, uh, this is good news for peanut butter fans. We will talk about that and so much more with Marnie. On the other side, stick around. It's WGN. Uh, remember old days when you could go to the store without having to worry about going one way down an aisle and running into people and having them breathe on you? Uh, those were the days. Marnie Shore is my guest. She is the editor-in-chief of The Takeout, thetakeout.com. You can follow Marnie on Twitter at Marnie Shore. Marnie, we were talking about the grocery stores before and making a game plan because people are anxious. Mary wants to jump in on that. She is in Lombard. Hi, Mary. Oh. Hello, it's Mary Terrier. Hello, Mary Terrier. How's your dog today? <laughs> He's sleeping now. Oh, here he comes. What? Anyway. You can't sleep through the show. you got to wake him up. <laughs> I am not anxious in the least. About going I to haven't the worn store? a mask yet. I go to various grocery stores and Target, and there isn't too many other places to go. Wait, they, but, let, they let you in without a mask? Yeah. I saw one sign in Mariano's that kind of saw it that said a mask, and I well, and I walked in and like, can I'm I, in there twice a week. Can no I ask mask. why you're not wearing a in mask? In other grocery stores, too, and I don't. Can, well, can I ask why? Um, I, I don't know to say I don't want to, but I don't expect, for me, I don't want the store employees to wear one either. It just, it really? just wearing one, me or anybody else, bothers me. If you're sick, then stay home. Don't work. Don't whatever. And you don't worry about all the reports that say you can I spread do it without, without being sick? I do now. I, right from the beginning, I have not been worried in the least. Wow. See, that's... Well, it's... <laughs> To each his own, I am, uh, see, Mary, you're what's causing me anxiety in the grocery store. <laughs> well. No, and that's, you know. You, yeah, you I kind of, you know, yeah, I, well, no, but I mean, I'm not worried anxious in the least, and I don't, I don't expect anybody else to wear a mask for me. Now, I guess well, if you want to wear one for everybody else, then you think you're supposed to, okay? What would you do if you went to Mariano's and they enforce that rule and they say, or Jewel or Target or you whatever, know, because everywhere think, has the signs? I think about that. I don't know if I'd put one on or whether then i turn around and walk out, maybe. Not make a big fuss, but I don't, I don't know what I, although this Friday, 
I'm finally getting my hair done. Okay, and you know that you know your, <laughs> your stylist I, I has to wear a mask. Case. Well, because okay, why? why? Stop requires it, but then there's no. I have to get my hair done. Okay, well, that, no, <laughs> that makes sense. All right, uh, Marnie, what do you th- what do you think? Are you do, do will you hear you hear Mary talking? Do you, would you feel more anxious when you see her coming down the aisle at you in the jewel? Only because I want to do Mary the courtesy of worrying enough for both of us. <laughs> there you go. Well, Mary, be careful out there. Well, Thank you for the call. You know, yes. as, as I said, then I don't expect anybody to wear a mask for me. But, you know, I always feel you have to for everybody else, and I guess you're going to, but I'm not going and to wear not a gonna, mask. And you're not going to wear one for anybody else? Right. For any one person or anybody else, but I will have to this Friday to get my Finally. Mm, so you're willing. So wait, let me. So you're willing to. You're willing to wear one to get your hair done, well, and, and obey the sign. And obey the sign there, but you're not willing to obey the sign at Target. I have just simply because I have to get my hair done. <laughs> okay. Well, Mary, have fun. But, yes. You know, it's um, only more recently have I. When I've gone to, I primarily shop at Mariano's. When I've gone, I haven't seen anybody else, I don't think, when I've really looked, without a mask. But that was only in the past couple of weeks. Prior to that, I'd always see a few people without a mask. All right. Well, listen. It's uh, everybody's doing what they want. I'm. I'm going to listen to the. I'm going to listen to the science, but uh, to each his own. Mary, stay safe with the dog. Good luck at the uh, at the beauty parlor on Friday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's necessary. All right. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> wow. That's uh, Marnie. That scares me. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> well, you can come shop at my corner store if you Thank like. You. I am. Listen. I am all. I am all about the masks. I. But. But either that. Listen. That's everybody's doing what they. I can't like just like you said. You can, you can only control what you control when you grow, go to the grocery store. What I can't control now is that I'll soon be able to ease my anxiety by squirting Jif right into my mouth. I won't have to deal with. I won't have to deal with the knife. I won't have to do deal with oh that nobody scraped the knife and all the peanut butter's just on the edge. Jif has Jif's finally coming into the twentieth twenty first century. That's right. New product alert coming in July. Squeezable peanut butter. Um, it's a it's a squeezable pouch that comes out of a nozzle at the end, and um, it looks awesome. It sounds awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So they already have. It's sort of like Jif wants to make sure that you have peanut butter in every possible context you could want it. So they have the regular jar, mm-hmm. and then they have little Jif to go cups that they've had for a while, where yep. you peel back the top and. Um, but now they've got the squeeze pouch, and I love the idea that they might have released that because people were demanding it. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I wouldn't yeah. demand it. I, I didn't know I needed it, but now I can't wait to have it. Uh, I exactly. think it's terrific, right? You can you go on a hike, you just, you just squirt some peanut butter in your mouth. You got it in the car with the kids. You're squirting peanut butter in their mouth. I don't know where who I hang out with that people are squirting peanut butter in their mouth all the time. <laughs> Well, and it's so great because then you can also just hand it to your kid and they don't need a knife necessarily to get it out of the jar. You just squeeze it. And you don't have to wrestle with, you know, if you get one of those pretty good sized jars, by the time it gets to the bottom, you got your whole hand in there and the knife doesn't reach and it's, it's insanity. It is. You need one of those special spatulas that they make just for the peanut butter jar. 
That's yeah, that's a good idea. Now, have you? Is there is there a way? Is does the pouch have uh, some sort of some sort of bar that will help squeeze all the peanut butter out of the pouch? Or are we going to have to roll it like an old toothpaste tube? How are we going to get the last remnants of our GIF out of this pouch? You know. I would make it my business to figure that out. <laughs> and if they sold, if they sold a metal clip that you could roll down the two, the pouch, I would pay extra for that. Oh sure, and you know what? Now that you've said it, somebody is making that, and in six months they're going to be millionaires. Oh yeah, I created the uh, I created the peanut butter pouch clip. What? Oh yep. yeah, I could have the logo on it. It could be really cute. See, Jeff, Jeff, call us. Marnie and I are hooking you up. We're giving you. We're giving That's away right. ideas, million dollar ideas. I don't like this squeeze bottle. <laughs> Why I don't not? Like that. What's your problem with the squeeze? It's a pouch. It's not a bottle or a pouch. Why Whatever. don't you want a pouch of peanut butter? I I think everybody should have to do it the old fashioned way. You got to struggle with the peanut butter. You gotta you gotta fight oh. for that peanut butter. Get that last. You know that. The, wow. There's nothing. There's nothing more satisfying. You know, you're getting towards the end of the jar. Yeah. And there's just like just enough left for a bit of, for a sandwich, and you really got to get the knife in there, and uh-huh. you got to get the whole hand in there. You got peanut butter getting on your knuckles. What? You got to earn that last bit of peanut butter. When did you become like 97 years old? Kids these days are too lazy to get peanut butter out of the jar. What is that all about, Grandpa Simpson? I just I think sometimes you got to earn it. <sighs> Please. You know what's so funny about that? They specifically in the press release said no more peanut butter knuckles. So they know that this is a problem, and Tom is celebrating this as a problem. Tom loves this problem. I think Tom's just being a contrarian because everybody <laughs> think about think about how much time you will save not having to rinse out that empty peanut butter jar to put it in the recycling bin. You know, mindset. Right. I, I finished off a jar the other day, and it sat next to the sink for two days soaking, so I could get all the the remnants out of there, so I could put it <laughs> in recycling. I'm a, oh, you're a good recycler. Thank you, Marty. I am. I'm all about the planet. I put my recycling can is right next to my burning tire pile. So I'm trying. To, <laughs> it all works out fantastic. This is another thing that listen, Tom. Tom, when he when he told me I was talking to you, he was very. He was all upset about a couple things. He's very upset that KFC is making a uh, some sort of a potato wedge decision. They're doing away with the wedges now. Why? Why on earth would they do away with the potato wedges? I know, and and Tom's not the only one who's upset about this. People are very upset. Um, I think, you know, KFC has been testing in select markets for a while some seasoned fries. They were very excited to add these to their menu. But, of course, when you add something to a menu, everyone's always worried about what gets bumped off the menu. And in this case, it was the potato wedges, which I think are the item on KFC's menu that makes them special. It, it sets them apart from yes. all the other places that just do French fries. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. I don't, uh, you know, I, my wife and daughter at KFC love the mashed potatoes. I like the wedges because I don't like a seasoned fry. Uh, the, the wedges are a fine product. I don't know. This is uh, something that needs, we need to talk to somebody at the top. Get the colonel on That's the That's right. Because is it- yeah, well, fast food places love to be told what to resurrect from their old menus, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, sure, they, they do it all the time. This is So This uh, there's a public outcry? Oh, uh- very much so. Uh, I think that people were very alarmed to find this out because <laughs> people are very defensive of their precious wedges. <laughs> yeah, it, it is amazing. It, everybody has their thing at, at every fast food restaurant or any restaurant, and once you change it, it does it does throw you off, right? If you go to a restaurant, you always get the same thing there and you love that thing and then you go in and it's not on the menu anymore. You almost don't want to stay. Heartbreak. Yeah. 
I'm just going to say you're going to hear a lot of this. I am just an old man trying to get some wedges. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds right. It sounds spot on. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very... Why do, only, why do only old men need wedges? Everybody needs a wedge. Everybody needs a... Yeah, I like I like it better than... Fr- this is sad. Sad news. But... We have to soldier on, don't we, Marnie? We can't uh, we can't just live in the past like Tom wants to do with peanut butter knuckles. We have to move on. There's there's a new <laughs> season no fry in town, and and that's what we do. I am uh, I'm worried about this more so than I am about uh, Mary not wearing a mask because uh, Costco is bringing back their free samples. Now I'm, I'm I loved pre COVID. I was all about the free samples. Now I'm a little nervous about the free samples. Why? What? What drove them to make this decision? I think that a place like Costco wants to make sure that its customers feel that normalcy again, uh-huh. and so free samples are a big part of that. But I think that they seem to understand that they can't do free samples the way they have done them before. All they're saying right now is that the samples are coming back, but that what they said on a um, on a quarterly earnings call recently was, quote, I can't tell you anymore, but needless to say, it's not going to be where you just go and pick up an open sample with your fingers. <laughs> so, That's probably best. Um, yeah, like I, I would assume, like I'm, I'm it's, it's interesting to think about what that's going to look like now. Like maybe they'll be in little boxes or maybe um, you'll get a free sample placed in your uh grocery bag when they're ringing you up at the end or something maybe yeah. it's just not the you know wander up to a plate situation anymore oh and you'd sometimes you're in the costco or sam's and you'd think that people haven't eaten in weeks and weeks the way they're lining up to get you know an eighth of an inch slice of pizza <laughs> that's right it must be the best pizza in the world yeah you know why it is because it's free and they get to, they get to <laughs> taste it while they shop they're just going crazy uh marnie what's uh, what's on the uh the horizon for the takeout what can people be looking forward to if they go to the takeout.com well what, what i love the best about the takeout is it's recipes it's videos it's you know, articles, it's feature length stories. It's kind of a little bit of everything. So no matter what people like, we will provide. (laughs) But right now we've got lots of great recipes on site that use items that are already in your pantry so that you don't have to take all those trips to the grocery store if you don't want them. And um, we've also got some fun videos where we show you how to make some simple stuff at home, um, especially if you've never cooked before now and you're kind of trying to learn. There's some good you know, beginner-friendly stuff. And, um, you know, with summer coming up, we've got uh, lots of hot weather content, and that's going to culminate in our turn-off-the-oven week where we talk about recipes that don't necessarily need the oven running for a long time or you don't have to hover over a stove to make them. Lots of no-bake stuff, lots of, you know, pull-out-of-the-fridge salads and stuff like that. Very nice. And that is thetakeout.com. You can go there. You can follow Marnie on Twitter at Marnie Shore. Marnie, it has been a pleasure. Thanks for staying up with us tonight. I do appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Brian. This was so much fun. We'll talk to you again soon. Take care. All right. Uh, yes, that is Marnie. So she is the editor in chief of the Takeout. That was a lot of fun. There's a lot of good stories. We're gonna t- we're gonna touch on uh, one other that I saw. It's funny. Tom and I both saw this, and it is uh, it is a new way for that one restaurant is going to uh, 
going to deliver and keep their social distancing. But I want to go back. We were talking about anxiety in the grocery store, and you heard Mary call in and say she hasn't worn a mask. She's not going to wear a mask. Uh, She doesn't expect people to wear a mask for her, and she's disregarding uh, all the signs. Does this make you nervous when you go to the store? Uh, it makes. I'm wondering how you react. Are you one of these people who now are going to sh- try to shame people who aren't wearing masks? Does it make you antsy? What are your thoughts on on the mask? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We heard from Mary. I want to hear from you on WGN. Wow! Suddenly, I want to slow dance with my high school girlfriend. Do the Fonzie dance where we just lean on each other and sway. Brian, do you really love me? No, that's that's meatloaf. Uh, to a, uh, yes, of course I do. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not falling into that trap. I just know that High Infidelity was a, a seminal album for me, shall we say? Uh, but that's uh, that's lovely. It's Brian in for Nick. Uh, after one o'clock, comedian Lenny Schmidt is going to join us. That'll be a lot of fun. We're talking. We're talking all about food with uh, with Marnie Shore from uh, the Takeout. We're going to have a couple more stories about that. But then we were talking about the grocery stores. And Mary, who, if you were listening last night, has a border terrier. She called. Uh, she called. Talked to Steve Dow. She called again tonight. She said she's not worried about going to the grocery store. She doesn't have any anxiety at all because she doesn't wear a mask. She doesn't want to wear a mask for herself or for anybody else, and she doesn't expect people to wear masks for her, which uh, I found a little troubling. But I'm wondering if you have these adventures when you're trying to go out in the pandemic and you see people. Without masks, doing whatever. Carl has an adventure he would like to share. Hi, Carl. How you doing? I'm well. My COVID adventure story. Yes. I'll, I'll try to make it quick. Uh, I got my bill for my home insurance. They raised it. It was too high. Okay. I called them up and I complained and I said, you know what? This is too high. I got to get it down. And I even had a $5,000 deductible and it was still too high. The guy switches me to another company. I won't name any names or anything. Switches me to another good company, but not one that advertises too much. $900, $950, $1,000 deductible. And I thought, great, I'll take it. But then my, I noticed my basement windows needed painting. They're, they're older wooden windows and they needed painting. So I thought somebody might come by and check the house just to take a look at the house. So I thought, i got to go to Home Depot and get some paint and maybe putty and, and uh, do my windows fast because they, they might be checking right away. Yeah. I shoot over to Home Depot, and I start to walk in the exit, uh, uh, and the guy goes, no, 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 you got to go in the entrance. And I went, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I walked over to the entrance, and the guy goes, no, 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 there's a line. And I saw, oh, there's a couple of people there. I thought, oh, okay, that's fine. I walk around the corner. There had to be at least 15 people in line waiting to get into the Home Depot. Oh, jeez. I'm going, <laughs> What? So I start to walk back to my car, but then I looked over and I saw the garden center. And I thought, oh, hello. And I see people walking in and out by the garden center. So I grabbed the shopping cart that was out on the lot, and I start to push into the garden center. I picked up a little teeny tiny flower, pretended like I was going to buy this flower. Yeah. I go into the garden center, <laughs> and then I started to go into the main entrance in the store, and, and the sign says, you can't go through the main entrance. You have to go outside to get into the main store. But I noticed people that were exiting the main store, and automatic doors were opening and closing, and I waited, and here comes a lady coming out. The door opens. As she goes out, I go in the automatic doors. At this, point, it would have been, at this point, it would have been easier to just wait in line. 
no way. Not, there was too many people. It was unbelievable. So now I thought, okay, there was a lot. I knew where the miracle Grow was, and I thought, I'll just fake it. I'll walk around where the miracle Grow is and say, yeah, they're just going to get a little miracle Grow for the flower I got here. Uh-huh. So then I, I uh, ambled over to where the paint was, so I got some paint, and I got, uh, I got some window putty, and then I turned around, and I went back, and I started to go out the exit, and I thought, uh, I hope they don't say anything, but I still have my little flower my, for cover. <laughs> so I get to the cash register, and uh, I go, uh, you know what? I don't. I don't want to get the flower. My wife already got uh, two of these, so I don't want the flower. I just want the paint and the putty. So she goes, oh, "Okay, fine." So, uh, so she checks me out with the paint and the putty, and I got out of the store, in, out, in nothing flat. And I swear the line had not moved. That I was looking at the, for the fifteen people that were waiting to get in, and I thought to myself, "This is." Unbelievable! I felt a little bit guilty, but I, I felt I did have an, a legitimate emergency. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's my story. It's funny because I've I've come up to stores kind of like you have, and there have been the lines, and the ones I've gotten in have moved surprisingly fast because I am probably one of the most impatient people you'll ever meet. But uh, they've 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 moved pretty quick. I'm glad it worked out for you, though, Carl. It sounded like you were going on some odyssey. Uh, there was. Did you ever try to get help in Home Depot? Oh, forget it. There, I don't think that exists, does it? You need a bullhorn yeah. to, try to, yeah, to if, try to get somebody to help you, so that's probably part of the problem. That's probably true, too. Everybody, yeah, nobody can get it in out quick because they're all just wandering around going, where are the wood screws? You got it. Yeah. You got it. Thanks, Carl. Take, Take care. care. Bye-bye. That is true. Um, and I, you know, I go to Home Depot, but uh, it's a great place if you know exactly what you're doing. If you have any question, it's sometimes I'm like, oh no, I'm in over my head, and there's nobody here to help me. I need an orange apron. Yeah, I went to the I went to the garden center, Home Depot, over on uh, I think it was North Avenue. Yeah, and that was I mean, we were just trying to get basil. Over you having garden. a little garden over there? Yeah, I'm trying to do a little garden, garden, a little gardening. But uh, he was he wasn't there. kidding. There's a big line. I had no problem. I'm headphones in. I'm listening yeah. to radio. Whatever. I've waited in line at um, Sam's a couple times, and the lines, like I said, the lines move pretty quick. Uh, waited in line once at Target. Again, the line moved pretty quick. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's – I would rather – I know there are people who, uh, you know, when you say you're gonna, you're willing to wait in line or you're willing to wear a mask, they call you a sheep or whatever. Well, it's okay. You know, we I'll often, be a sheep if I want to. Yeah, we have to do what we have to do. Um but I'm surprised. I'm surprised when I hear that businesses aren't enforcing it because it is, it is a rule now. Yeah, you, you know, inside you have to you have to do it. And I always think the business people are going to be the ones that really um, uphold the rules the best because they want to stay in business. They want to stay open. Sure. So they're going to do whatever they have to do. And I get in a bigger store sometimes somebody could sneak in without you seeing. But you know, everybody's got it. All right, one last. Oh, all right, Tom. Food story A or B? Mm, we'll go with uh, food story A. This one. Uh, this one got us all excited. Unfortunately, it is in upstate New York. But let's talk to some. Uh, we need to talk to some butchers here in Chicago and get this happening. They uh, butcher in New York has installed a twenty-four hour meat vending machine, and he said the response is unbelievable. I'm looking at all the meat purveyors here in the city, saying, please. Follow this man's advice. Uh, he's in Rochester, New York, and he has a new 24-hour machine that has steaks and chops 
with almost so you have minimal contact with other human beings. He said the response has been unbelievable. He said on Saturday I was cutting and restocking the machine four or five times. He's uh, a head the head butcher at McCann's local meats, and he d- does it all. Puts it all in the machine. You uh, walk up, you get your steaks right out of there, like those old machines that used to have sandwiches and stuff in them. Works out perfect. Uh, Tracy wants to jump in about masks. Hi, Tracy. Hello. I just wanted to uh, comment about Mary. I, in the in the words of Mayor Lightfoot, I get it. <laughs> I get it that um, you know this is America. It's a free country. We should be able to do what we want to do, right? Sure. Right. So she doesn't want to inconvenience anyone else. To, you know, she doesn't want anybody else to worry about her, and she's not going to inconvenience anybody else, you know, for her sake. And I do thank her for her concern. But, you know, first of all, I don't know you, Mary, so if if I did, I guess I could walk up to you and, right. you know, breathe in your face, and you'd be okay with that. But... I don't want Mary to feel like she's putting me out by my putting on a mask. And I guess I can say, you know, (laughs) we've been drilled by our governor. We've been drilled, uh, you know, uh, to the message that it's not so much about, you know, us getting sick. It's really us preventing other people from getting sick because we could be asymptomatic, which means we don't have symptoms. Right. So I just want to share that. And I was at the Aldi the other day where, you know, I was diligently wearing my mask. <laughs> and it's really funny because, you know, I get really resentful about people not wearing theirs. Yeah, but the lady judge. behind me, I'll just wrap up, the lady behind me, you know, walking by, um, had a mask on and she kind of like sighed on my on my the back of my neck. Ah, <laughs> and I just ah. cringed. So th- thanks for letting me share. Oh, Tracy, thank you for the call. Oh, somebody breathed on it. That would make no. I ooh no. I don't want anybody breathing on me. Yeah, let, see, it's Tracy makes a good point. It's not for you and and I know people are debating this all over. Um, but whatever. You are going to do what you want. I can't control how you're how you're going to act. But I'm going to wear it because quite frankly, I don't want to bear the burden of thinking that I may get somebody else sick. You know, uh, I don't want to get my mom sick. She's 81. I don't want to get Tom sick. I don't want to get anybody sick. So that's why I'm wearing it. I know it doesn't stop a lot of stuff from getting to me, but it might stop me from spreading it to somebody else. All right, there it is. Oh, man, this is fun. We're going to uh, we're gonna have a good time after 1 o'clock. We've been having a good time up till now, and you are always, always invited to be part of that good time, 312-981-7200. Comedian Lenny Schmidt, a Chicago native, is going to join us. We're going to uh, we're going to yuck it up a little bit after one o'clock. So uh, let's do that. That happens right after the news, which happens right after this on WGN. Working on a night move. Wow, oh, I thought we were going to play the whole live bullet. Uh, it's Brian Noonan in for Nick, 720 WGN, 312-981-7200. That's how you get a hold of us. That's how you get involved in the conversation. You wanted to, you wanted to stretch out the Seeger a little bit, Tom, let things breathe. We're going to do album cuts, deep cuts all night. Is that what it is? You wish. Or is that is that what our next guest uh, requested? Did Lenny Schmidt say to you, hey, man, I want you to play the entire Night Moves, uh, not just the song, but the album? Before he would come on, is that was that in Lenny's rider? Uh, Lenny, you know, was that was in your rider? The... 
Yeah, I require a Seeger anywhere I go. All right, that's what I figured. So I'm glad to do it, folks. Lenny Schmidt is here. You know him. You know him as a uh, hilarious comedian. He's a uh, Chicago local. You may remember him from uh, Joe Dirt, The Ugly Truth. He was he was on he was on everything. His career skyrocketing, and then COVID hits, and uh, everything is done. Yeah, and then it was. Uh, now I'm an Uber driver, and now I can't even do that because there's riots everywhere. So what am I going to do? I, what am I doing? I I don't know. You're well. You listen. You're doing all kinds of videos. You're uh, you're you're still creating stuff, right? Yeah, I'm doing. Uh, I got this show. I started doing a nightly show, uh, quarantine comedy, every night at six uh, Pacific time. And I did it. I started doing it just to keep busy, and now uh, here's the thing. I do it. And I'm not good at any of the tech stuff. Like, I'm really bad at all of it. So every show is me screwing stuff up. And, uh, and, uh, and I just, and, but the thing is, the people that follow it, they like, they embrace it. They're like, they, they're surprised if I do a show without problems. Yeah, at some point, right? They, did, they just want you to, they just want to see Lenny screw up. Yeah, there was. A, I did a show uh, two weeks ago where I, have, you know, I have a green screen. I got the whole thing set up here, where the whole thing just collapsed right in the middle of the show. Like everything just <laughs> fell, and literally it fell on my head, and it was everywhere. <laughs> just like, and my jo- my buddy John John DeCross, there's another comic out here. He said, uh, "He goes, that was the best show I ever saw in my life." <laughs> oh, thanks. I guess I think I don't know. I guess. Yeah, because at some point you might think maybe you're not cut out for this, but obviously you are because it's entertaining. It might just be yeah. it might just be uh, you know bad for your health at some point when things keep dropping on your head. I just think people like to they they like to see me a screw it up and then b scream and yell at my computer. That's <laughs> it's like a Twitch show. It's like Twitch. <laughs> I just where you lose my mind and just start screaming. Here's here's how I try to cover it. I tell them. All of my tech is handled by uh, the AV de- the kids from the AV department at Westview Middle School in Romeoville. Okay. Those, are the, those are the guys that handle my tech. So when things go wrong, I blame the, the AV department in Westview. It's always easier to blame those kids because they took, they took heat their entire high school and middle school career, so why not just blame yeah. them now? Yeah, I'm not going to take responsibility for that. No, I'll blame the kids. I don't Push blame it you. off on the kids. Yeah, were, were, you, were you tech savvy before the virus hit? Oh no, no! How no. was bad. I was bad at everything. So you had never done. You had never attempted one of these shows, and you decided, "Hey, uh, I'm going to do one every night now." And why? Every night seems like a that's a big undertaking. You didn't want to start out three nights a week. Yeah, I think I may have uh, overreached a little, actually. <laughs> and yeah, you think I've gone too far, but I, but what? But then I just wrote it out. Now I'm like, okay, well I'm in, so let's let's go. We're 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 going. It's kind of like when you go. You ever go whitewater rafting? Yes. Like, um, okay. Well, it's kind of like when you get the, you hit the rapid and you start going, and you're like, "Oh, I've made I've made a terrible mistake." And you're like, let's just keep going. I got no choice. Let's just go. Just go. Yeah, you can't turn around once you're once you're halfway in. No, you gotta you dive in and you just think, cross your fingers and you just hope for the best. That's that's really that's pretty much it. And then everything since then, I've been upgrading little things here and there, like software, and I got a new microphone, and I had to get a new. Uh, because I in normally I also I travel you know stand up so I travel yeah. plus I've, I've been on I've been on cruise ships mostly for the last seven years so uh, all my tech is not updated because you you can't use that stuff on a cruise ship so I had to update everything and you know a new computer new microphone oh, new man. yeah every, I got I got a good camera but uh, besides that you know I just try to figure it out and get it up but I'm telling you people like they, they're only happy if it's if there's problems <laughs> it's like people are just happy when I screw things up. 
Well, that's right. If you look, even if you're watching, you know, any of the late night shows, now that everybody's at home, you're waiting. You're waiting for something to go wrong, a kid to walk through, or or the lights to go. Something it it makes you seem more human, Lenny. If if you were doing a big polished show, first of all, everybody who's followed you for all these years would go, "Something's wrong here. This isn't really Lenny." There's... Yeah, everybody. Yeah, my fan base knows I make errors on a daily basis, so they've they've pretty much accepted that. But you're right. When you watch these late night, every late night show now looks like a seventh grade video project. Every single one. <laughs> Yeah, see, you could probably get a job now executive producing some of these when you got green screens falling on your head and all this other stuff going on. Yeah, I'm thinking that's my hook is I'm the guy that just can't get it right. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm just I'm the guy that just screws it up constantly. You know. Now, how and, uh, and I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, you go ahead, please. <laughs> I had Jimmy Pardo on the show tonight, who we both know, a very know good Jimmy friend, Pardo. also a very good comic. And Jimmy uh, is well in depth with uh, technology, oh, yeah. and I mean he's been the never not uh, never not funny is a fifteen sixteen years of gold, and uh, so it's to me for me to to have a he's a good friend of mine, but to have a pro like him on my show every time I screwed something up or interrupted, I felt like I was bothering him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, was like, I think I screwed up horribly. Now we got to take a quick break, Lenny, but we got I want to talk to you some more about all this stuff. The the changes and things that you've had to adapt to now that, you know, cruises aren't happening. You said you've been working cruise ships. We want to talk about that. The clubs aren't open yet. Everybody who does comedy or is scrambling to try to figure out content. So we want to talk, I want to talk to you about that. I, for those who don't know, I've known Lenny. How long have I known you? Probably 30 years. Oh, gee, you know, easy 30 years, yeah. So Lenny. We Lenny, go back to the old days of the Sinise's uh, winery and KJ yeah, Riddle. And, and the comedy yeah, room and uh, the oh, cottage, yeah, yeah. the last laugh. <laughs> yeah, so oh, I've, known, I've known Lenny for a long, long time. He was doing comedy when I started. He's uh, still a wonderful comic. And uh, so it's, it's a pleasure to have you here. Now that I got the official, because we didn't really do the official welcome. I didn't really get to talk you up that much at the beginning because of your uh, your demand to have Bob Seger on, and it made me a little uncomfortable. So uh, Yeah, and by the way, he cut that song a little short, by the way. It could have went another, uh, another, another uh, what do they call it, a chorus? Yeah. Is it called a chorus? Sure, it could have got another, another verse. Right? It could have kept going. Uh, <laughs> trust me, Lenny, I will give Tom a proper dressing down while we're in the break uh, because I don't like uh, anyone to disrespect my guests that way. Yeah, look, tell Tom if he doesn't get it straight, I'm going to get those kids from Westview down there right now, and they'll be able to take care of it. I was going to say, they can't do any worse than we're having right now. But, no. Uh, oh, no, yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Lenny Schmidt is here. You can go to his website, LennySchmidt.com. Follow him on Twitter, Mr. Lenny Schmidt. More with Lenny on the other side. It is WGN. Did Lenny only request the slow songs from Seeger? This, uh, you know, Lenny, uh, Bob Seeger does have some uh, more upbeat tunes. Yeah, what happened to uh, you know the live one? Let's go. Twenty four tracks, and come on, all that, uh, I love that. You know, Tom, you, Tom did graduate from that middle school in Romeoville. There, you get your IT crew from. So I, I think he's just uh, he's just had enough. Lenny Schmidt is my guest. Uh, Lenny is a. Uh, a fine stand-up comic, a great actor, uh, a great stand-up comic. He's got six comedy. What do, what do you do with six comedy albums? That that seems uh, that seems like quite at the catalog. Did you get that? No, no you were supposed to. St- you were you were going to tape the last one in January. Did you get that done? I did actually. Uh, that's actually coming out uh, in a few weeks. Uh, it's titled uh, "Secret Daddy." It's the third album I've taped uh, at Zany's in the, in the Chicago area. There, this one was taped in Rosemont. Oh, that's a good call. So, uh, oh, it's great. So that's the it's the second album I've done in Rosemont. 
uh, and that's uh, it's coming out uh, later this month. It's uh, the 30th of June. You can get it. You can hear it on Pandora. July 7th, uh, it's released uh, uh, for pre-sale, and July 14th, it'll be released worldwide. You can get it online, everywhere at iTunes, Pandora, all that stuff. But yeah, that's another. Uh, that's another one I did at Zany's. Man, it's a great club to record at, that Rosemont uh, yeah. room. Uh, what's, the, what's the story back there with you guys in the quarantine and when you're opening up and what's anything with Dude, anything? No, this is uh, right now, like today, Chicago, uh, well, I guess it was yesterday, whatever. The third, the city was able to open up some stuff, but restaurants and bars only for outdoor dining. Uh, you right. know, uh, if you want to get your haircut, you can get your haircut, but you got to wear a mask in the suburbs. They did it Friday, but it's the same thing, only outdoors. So I was going to ask you, what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Do you, when do you think clubs are going to be, clubs are going to be back? When, how, how do you, how do you perceive doing comedy at, in post COVID world with people wearing masks and sitting far away and clubs at like twenty five percent capacity? Yeah, they're doing. Um, yeah, they're doing. They're definitely doing the social distancing thing. Some clubs have already opened. Uh, like I actually had a gig tonight in San Clemente that I canceled. Okay. Um, yeah, which is Orange County. So they're like we're a little different. Orange County, L.A. County, San Diego, and the Ventura County out here for us. L.A. County, we're pretty much in the same boat you guys are. We're the outdoor dining, no shows, no clubs, no none of that stuff. But uh, Orange County is starting to do some shows, and Ventura County as well. But they're doing, yeah, it's maybe uh, 40 30% capacity of people coming in. At the beginning, uh, I guess the masks, you're going to have to wear those for as long as they say masks you're supposed to wear. But I think yeah. they're going to go to uh, 30, 30% capacity, which is going to be, which is fine. I mean, I need to get back on a stage. I'll be, I'm getting a little itchy. I'll yeah. be honest with you. This is, this is the longest I've gone my I, I, my uh, my teenage daughters are staying with me during this quarantine, and they're sick of me. I got to get <laughs> out of here, man. They're yeah, you know, they're they're getting along great. They, I, my oldest lives with me out here. She goes to college in L.A. My youngest still lives there in Illinois, and but I flew. She came out here right before the whole thing hit in early March, and uh, so that we've been here together for almost three months. Yeah, oh, they geez. they hate me. I mean, they really hate me. This is this is getting tough. It's. Uh, well, I'm looking at them now. They're here. They're both staring at me, phones in hand. Wow, they just flipped me off. That's uncomfortable. Um, it seems weird from a child, but that's okay. Well, it's not, <laughs> su- it's not surprising, though, is it, Lenny? How many you've been flipped off before? Well, plus she's 18. I get it. Plus she's not. She's by far is not the only woman to ever flip me off. I'll tell you that much right now. So that's true. But, but yeah. one, of, one of the few that have lived with you that is flipping you off. <laughs> well, one of two. <laughs> <laughs> The other one, the other one divorced me, so that's pretty much how that worked out. That's the so. ultimate flip off, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good one because that's the one that you feel uh, on a monthly basis when you send money. Sure, yeah, you know what I mean. That's a that's a flip up that keeps coming back. Yeah, the finger like, that I keeps remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So this, like you said, this is the longest you've been off stage in a while, and so that that's what drove you to start doing your show every night. It's sure. uh, it's six o'clock uh, Pacific time. Yeah. Yeah, and especially like with the uh, as far as the cruise ships go, like when you're when you work on a ship, you're on the ship for a week. You do ten to twelve shows a week. I was doing, you know, in every month I'm doing forty shows a month. You know, so I mean, I just I get to the point. The first two weeks were tough because I wasn't performing anymore, and then I mainly started doing this thing at six was to stay creative. And at the beginning, like when I talk about tech and all the stuff I'm doing, I, I shot short videos. I was editing stuff, and I was doing a video every day. And, wow. It was insane. I was up to four in the morning, and at some point, I'm like, 
I'm like, I can't do this. I can't keep this. I can't yeah. keep doing these videos every night. So I, I, I stopped doing the videos on a, a daily basis, and now I do the videos once a month in my live streaming stand-up show. So okay. it's weird. It's like everything is re—it's it's reinvented. I've been doing these Zoom shows and, and internet shows. How and, do you like those? Oh. I mean, it's got. I, I haven't done them. I, I've seen a couple. It's it seems very odd. It's you know it's different, especially like I like to work the crowd a lot. You know, I mean, I, I work I work the crowd a ton, so but I'm finally starting to get a little bit comfortable with working the crowd in a Zoom show. You know what I mean? It's where it's weird, where you got it, but you, there's a delay, and then you got to say something, and you know, and it, I'll try to make comments, and then you mute everyone, and then like I have a couple of screens. Like my this is what I do with my nightly show is I'll do the show into the monitor. And then I have on the on the side monitor I have whatever videos and openings I've put together for the show. And then on another monitor I have the Facebook comments. So I'm I'm am reading the comments as I'm doing the show and looking at the videos. And this is why I'm screwing up constantly, Brian. Yeah, I got to yeah. be honest with you, it's, it's too much. It sounds like you need to put your daughters to work on your crew because you've got a you're only one man, Lenny. You're you're a human being. You can't be looking at a million screens and focusing. I can't. I don't, I don't have a Tom. You know what I mean? Like you have, you have Tom. I don't have that. Well, and, like I uh, said, I, we're all alone, uh, Lenny. We're doing our own thing. That's okay. But, uh, <laughs> you're the best you can. Yeah, you, you muddle through. Well, well, the girl, you know, and you have kids. At first, the girls, I brought. The, I told the girls to go. Hey, I'm going to do this show, and I've I've taught them improv, and they act, they've done stuff, and they go, Hey, let's do. You guys want to get involved? And they're like, Yeah. And that lasted like four days, <laughs> and then this, and you know, it's like another. They're not even listening to me. They're they're not. They're in arm's reach of me right now. They're completely ignoring me as we speak. Listen, it's it, kids don't want kids don't want to do what their dad is doing. That's no. throughout history. That's the case. So I, I'm not surprised by by that story at all. That they, you know, initially they're going to support their dad. Oh yeah, okay, let's do this crazy show. We'll we'll help them out. Nah, this is yeah. Forget it. I'm lucky if they like my pictures on Facebook. That's <laughs> that's it. That's all I. Isn't that's that weird? Everyone's... That's how you get the edge, the the acceptance of your children is. Oh, they let, they commented on my post or they liked my picture. <laughs> that's, that's the new thing, Dad. Yeah. That's the new thing, Dad. Exactly. The the like or thumbs up. I'm like, oh, my daughter likes my picture. See, I'm silly. They don't hold you in as much contempt as you would have thought. No, they don't. But they do correct my internet. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Technique or like? I apparently I I share too many pictures. Oh, okay. I've been I've been I've been told uh, you're, there's I guess there's a routine to the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to share a picture and not share like a like we used to go out when you could go out into the world and be a human being. Yeah. Um, uh, I would take a bunch of pictures and share it from Universal all day long, and then the kids would be like, "Dad, you can't share." Uh, more than like four pictures in an hour. I go, okay, okay. I didn't know. I didn't know there was a thing. I didn't know. And that now either. also, yeah, but apparently that's the thing. Also, more importantly, I'll be honest with you. I've lost. I can't do that now anymore because they're they're teenagers. So all of my pictures have got to be proofread by the girls uh, before I can put them up anywhere. And my daughter does that too. Don't post that picture until I see it. I'm like, Why? Right. Yeah, me. exactly. I have to see it. Okay, fine. Well, there's an app that they can buy. They put it on my phone. I don't even know what it is. But it's on my phone. <laughs> But so every picture, they can go in and it's like posts. We'll fix it in posts. So they go in, they punch up their makeup and their looks and the thing. And, oh and so God. every picture, is, it's like a 30-minute project. And then by then, I'm, I'm done. I'm bored. I'm like, all right, I don't care. Yeah, I, really? I can care less. At that, yeah. point, at that point, why even get involved? Well, just, yeah, let them, let, just let them take all the pictures, Lenny, and then, then you don't have to worry about it. 
Yeah, but they do, and then I'm not in them, and that doesn't seem fair. I'm paying for everything. I should be in some of the pictures, right? Well, yeah, but can't they put you in it in, in post? Can't they, like, uh, Photoshop you in? <laughs> yeah, this, they should have one picture of me that they Photoshop in every picture. Yes. It's, it's like so- the same... It's like a headshot. It's like an old headshot. Where it's, it's, it's me and my dad. Why is your dad wearing a suit from, like, at the beach? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, they can just share that over and over again. Just use it, yeah, just give them one of your headshots. Let them have the right of first refusal for whatever sure. picture it is they're going to use for you, and then and then that's the one. Okay, that's probably, that's the way I'm going to do it. It's way easier than arguing. Oh. They can't handle, because I always do the whole, well, I want people to know I'm out with my daughters having fun, and they're like, no. <laughs> Why did you tag me? I'm like, all right, okay, I'm sorry. You know what I do commonly now is I'll take a picture and I'll put my arm around a chair and go, uh, I'm out with the girl, with Anna, and then put not pictured, like in the little <laughs> thing, you know what I mean? I like, that's a good, I like that plan. That's, I might <laughs> that's have to easy. start stealing that one. It works the best. It's the best. It's, it's all I can do. That way I can just do that over and over again. I don't care what they say. Because I, I, I'm like you, I go out and I try, I want to show, oh, look, we're out, we're having fun. And then, then it turns into such an ordeal with, oh, don't tag me, or I have to see this picture. And then I'm so frustrated. I'm like, well, one, now I'm not having fun. Two, I don't even want to acknowledge that you're related to me anymore. Yeah, right. And also, they're, they're, they're girls, yes. too. So there's a whole different layer of it. Like, even... Like we go during this quarantine, we've been doing hikes around the. We live in the ho- just just uh, north of the Hollywood Hills, so we go out and hike through the hills and stuff. And I go, let's go on a hike. And then I'll go, well, all right, well, I got to fix my hair and do my makeup. And I'm like, wait, 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 what? What? We're if we're hiking, we're gonna be sweating in like 12 minutes. No, Dad, I can't go out looking like this. So then I literally, I'll just sit here for four, an hour. For, to wait for them to get ready to go on the hike. And I'm like, all right, just let me know when you're ready. Wake me up. I'll take a nap. You know, and I'm just, just wake me up when you want to hike. Yeah, you got, you've got other, you can't wait all day for this hike. Lenny Schmidt is with me. You can uh, follow him on uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter is Mr. Lenny Schmidt. His Facebook page, what's your Facebook page? Lenny Schmidt it's Comedy. So, uh, yeah, Lenny Schmidt Comedy is where you, that's where you get the show every night at uh, 8 o'clock right. Chicago time. You can check in and I got, uh, I got lots of, uh, I got Chicago guys coming up. I got my brother Mike on Friday, and actually uh, I got Mike Toomey on Monday, actually. Wow, I'm, very I'm really nice. excited about that. I love Mike Toomey. Mike yeah, Toomey so. is hilarious. Your, bro- your brother's not too shabby either. No, he's got, like him. Dwayne Kennedy also is here next week, and uh, I look forward to having Mike on uh, Monday. And you know what, honestly, what I try to do with the show is, uh, and it, like you said, when you mentioned earlier about making it uh, real, like the show and mistakes, and yeah. like, you know, where you're a real person. So that's kind of the hook I go with with the show, and also everybody I have on the show is some sort is a live performer, whether it's a comic, a singer, dancer, musician. You know, live performers. Everybody's been affected by what's been going on the last few months. Oh, definitely. But, uh, but so many live performers, uh, are, all they have is the touring shows. You know, they don't have uh, like Jimmy Pardo is very successful in his podcast, and a lot of guys are very successful on some TV stuff, and a lot of guys get to do other stuff. But they're, as you know. There are thousands of comedians and artists out there that just tour, and that's yeah. really what they do. And now they don't. So I kind of give them an opportunity to come on the show and, and talk a little bit about uh, what they're going on, what they're doing, and I also give them a chance to plug whatever they're doing on online. Everybody's got some sort of streaming show or they're trying to push a CD or they're trying to push something. So 
I try to focus on live performers whose lives have been totally turned upside down by this whole pandemic. And it has been, and I want to talk to you more about that. Lenny Schmidt is here. LennySchmidt.com is his website. His latest album, Secret Daddy, coming out next month. You can find it pretty much anywhere that you can find comedy CDs. So hang on, Lenny. We'll be back in just a minute. we got to do this. It's WGN. It's Brian Noonan in for Nick. Here till four. Lenny Schmidt is my guest, wonderful comedian, actor. Now he's got a nightly show on his Facebook page, Lenny Schmidt Comedy. Go there every night at six o'clock Pacific, which would be, uh, let's see, that's eight o'clock our time. I think that's right. Yeah, you're two hours behind us. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I don't have yeah. to do math anymore since I moved back here, Lenny. That's the beauty of it. Now I'm just back Good on for Central you, buddy. Time. <laughs> Central Time where I don't have to add. But uh, so you can see, you can see Lenny every night and, uh, Predict the disaster that will befall him during his show because it sounds like every night something new goes wrong. <laughs> it's like it's, yeah, it's, it's usually every show opens with five minutes of going, me going, wait, hold on, okay, hold on, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, damn, damn, wait, okay, 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 that's it. That's the opening to every show, pretty much, is me. Now, as you're you're doing this to stay creative, as you said, you know, everybody's everybody who's a live performer, their careers stopped. It's it. Yeah. Uh, one day it was over. Are you are you writing stuff about Corona? I mean, are, is it, do you anticipate that when you finally do get to get back on stage, this is going to be something that people want to hear and laugh about, or are you just going? I'm going to wait and see what happens when we get out of this. Uh, I'm you know I'm working on stuff uh, about Corona. One of the things I'm doing with the, especially through my uh, nightly show is, uh, and actually I have. Uh, You've got some listeners out here tonight, bro. I got people from my show that are hitting me on Facebook right now that are listening on iHeartRadio, I guess, right? Is that it? Uh, iHeartRadio? Yeah, yeah I, I, probably. I, listen, no, that's, good, all, that's all technology, Lenny. <laughs> good, good, good job. Good, nice, nice way to be in touch with your platform. <laughs> I, they, listen, they can listen on the air. They can listen to WJNRadio.com. Uh, I'm sure it's in, uh, Tom. Tom's not even looking up. Tom doesn't care anymore. He checked out. <laughs> Are we on iHeartRadio? Yeah, yeah, I believe Tom, so. All right, we believe we're on iHeartRadio. Listen, Lenny, we're, right, this is terrestrial. Listen I, on this the is WGN Radio app. Yeah, listen on the WGN Radio app. That's what there we do. Okay, what, that's, that's okay what, there we all go. Right. All right. Here's the well, thing. They say, listen however you they want. They like you. Well, thank you. I like yeah. them, too. Whatever. <laughs> why? However they're listening to me, thank God they're listening. Uh, what do you why? 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 Why so aggressive, Tom? What was that? Why? What's that kind of coming Because I gave him a dressing down during the break. Is that why he stopped playing the Seeger? What That's was that exactly move? You why. from Seeger. All right. Whatever. He's passive-aggressive. It's, it's well, a Tom, lot of... i got to deal with this all night, Lenny. The passive-aggressive nature. Read my writer, paragraph 3, line 4, section A, says specifically all Seeger in and outs. That's it. Pay attention. Follow the rules, Tom. Man, oh, man. Or Lenny's going to have you on his show and drop a green screen on your head. That's how, that's how it's going to work. That's how I get back at everybody. I don't blame you. You got to have something. You got to have something to, to you know wield a little power. That's what I'm saying. So you're you're starting to say you're working on some corona corona stuff to uh, to have afterwards. Do you think that's going to be? Do you think everybody who takes the stage that's going to be their first five minutes? Uh, yeah, you think? Why? How could it not be? You got no choice. I mean, I got news. For you. I'm starting to forget my other stuff. <laughs> I got news for you, Brian. I did a streaming show three days ago. I, I, I did, and then I had someone, I've got some people request a couple of bits, and I got a Patreon page. 
uh, as well, and that's why that's who's following me now on my Patreon uh, okay. uh, followers, and they're uh, and they they requested a specific bit, and I go, you know what? I'm, I normally don't do this bit online, but I'm going to do it for these people, and I got I, ha- I forgot it. I got halfway through it, and I forgot the bit. <laughs> so, so I go, I forgot it was a Zoom show. I, I forgot the bit. I go, how does the bit end? So the viewers on the Zoom show ended the bit for me. Uh, and because they knew the bit already, they'd already known it. They've seen it before, so they, they saved me. It oh. was the viewers that saved that show, Brian. That's hilarious. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice when people know your stuff, you know, and, and can help you out like that. Yes, yeah, it, it is very, it's very helpful. Also, falls right into the pattern of me not doing things correctly. So, I, you know, I think it's kind of my hook. You know what I mean? Listen, not being able to do, get things done. We all need we all need a hook. We all have to have our brand, as the kids like to say, and whatever yeah. works. That's you know, I'm, I I never judge anybody if that's if that's the way things are. Good for you because it's it's funny. I had just I had, you you and I know each other from way back from stand up, and then I hadn't done stand up in a while. In the last year, I had gotten back into it, and I was just I was getting more gigs, and and I was finally getting the muscle memory back from doing stand yeah. for so long and then this hit again and i lost a bunch of gear it's like oh no it's uh, yeah. and now i'm like, like oh, I'm, now i'm like you I'm right. I, I don't know what to say anymore yeah i'm right back where, where i was it's yeah. a whole uh these zoom shows are different it's a different vibe man it's like i don't know how i'm going to react being back in front of an audience i can't wait for zanies to bert's got to be sick in my emails i'm like hey how you doing what's going on back there how close <laughs> How are we looking, man? Are we are you twenty per capacity? What are you doing? What do you need? You get a Monday show? I don't care. Yeah, there's still you know the mayor is uh, they're they're being responsible and watching the science and it's while that is good, it's also frustrating. And yeah. you know, there's a let me ask you this because you were you mentioned before uh, you were doing cruises a lot for the last few years and yeah. you, were, you actually had I had seen on your calendar you were, had done some cruises in January were those the last ships you were on and what's what do you think th- what do you think that's going to be like because that was a huge uh, huge part of your work yeah that's going to change uh, completely I was actually on a ship when uh, the the shutdown happened so oh. we were at sea and. Uh, there was a whole, it was a big change. I was on a ship. I was supposed to get off. And they said, can you stay? Because it was right before there was a, a stay-at-home order and stuff. And they go, can you stay on that ship? Because we don't want to, uh, the problem is traveling people off of a ship. Do you okay. know what I mean? Like, once you're on a ship, they want you to stay on the ship. So they go, can you stay? I go, yeah, I can stay for the next four weeks if you need me. And they just, because re- all my other work got canceled because everything goes, they don't want to fly you onto a ship. Okay. So I said, well, then I'll stay. So, and then we went back up to sea, and then that's when they ordered the no-sail order. So we turned around, went right back, and uh, I flew home. I had to get off the ship and flew home, so Where I got home you? that same day. I was uh, I was on my way to NASA. I was back on my way out to NASA. A Carnival ship. I was on the Carnival Sunrise. Okay. It's one of their, uh, one of their newest remodeled ships. So we turned around and went right back right away, and we, and we, it was during, and that's, I mean, ships are always busy anyway, or at least have been up to. Uh, and this is during spring break, so yeah. uh, there are a lot of people on there. We turned around, and went back, and left. Everything's going to change now because here's the thing: uh, the glitch is going to be um, every time you get off a cruise ship. It's all up to the CDC. That's what's going to change everything. When you get off a ship, that there's supposed to be 14 to 21 days before you get on another ship or before you go anywhere. So, so now I used to do like a ship for a week. Uh, or two, and then get, and go right to another ship, and then same thing, and then right to another ship. And uh, I'm pretty sure those days are gone. I mean, oh, you know, that's not that's not going to happen ever again. So 
I think I think what's going to happen is when you get on a ship, you're going to have to stay from anywhere uh, from four. To, you can stay two to six weeks or even longer. But when you get off a ship, uh, you have to go into quarantine for 14 days, and you can't get on another ship for another week after that. So whatever work I do uh, when I get off the ship, I'm going to have to be quarantined for 14 days. So I'm going to have to take three weeks off in between ship gigs. Oh, man. You know what I mean? That's so, a, and and theoretically, you're not supposed to be going anywhere else those three weeks, right? That's the thing is, for for 14 days, you got to be quarantined in your house. So that means when I get off the ship, I can't work for two weeks after I get off the ship. So Ugh. what's what's gonna? I don't know what's gonna happen. It really depends on how the CDC changes their sailings and the rules. I mean, the ships are uh, and ships. Uh, you know, people that cruise. Uh, they're serious. They cruise all the time. I got, like I said, my Patreon followers, a lot of them are cruise, cruisers oh, okay. and people that take cruises. And the only thing they ask is, when are we sailing again? They don't, they don't care. <laughs> like, I just, I'm like, I'm, they're like, what, what are we going again? What are we doing? What's, what's up? You know? And uh, cruise sales up are up almost 600% for next year. I mean, there's really? a huge, yeah, they're sold. They're, I mean, they're, people are buying cruises like crazy. So, so if you're a cruise, I know people that cruise every month, sometimes every other week. So Whoa. these people are pretty serious about it. So when when they do launch again, people are going to go back out there and go. But the rules in cruising is going to completely change. I was reading today, one of the things that they do is they have an infrared scanner that everyone's going to walk through when you get on the ship. So they're going to check your temperature with, a, with some sort of a reader, and then you're going to walk through the scanner. And if you have any type of temperature at all, you can't get on the ship. Wow. You know, because you, yeah, so it's going to be, so I don't, I'm, in fact, there was supposed to be, yesterday morning, there was supposed to be a, um, a, a seminar, a seminar or a webinar on, uh, on the five, the five points guys, I think it was called. It's called the future, the uh, future of tourism it was supposed to focus on cruise ships yesterday, okay. but they postponed it, uh, for the same reason a lot of us postponed our work yesterday was because of Blackout Tuesday. Yeah. So they, they just postponed it and they haven't rescheduled it yet. But, they're going to start to talk about uh, the upcoming changes that you're going to see in cruise ships. There's going to be a lot. So, have we'll they, have have they given happens. you uh, have they given you a window of when the ships are going to start sailing and they're going to start uh, bringing entertainers back? No, they have a uh, carnival is tentatively scheduled for August. Uh, okay. So that's what Carnival has set up. I think there's a CDC no sailor order in till the end of July. Yeah. I think that's what they have. So Carnival is scheduled to go right up. From what a lot from what I'm reading is they. They've been in communication with us, but, you know, the cruise lines, their hands are tied as well because they won't know anything until the CDC rearranges their rules and their laws. Once they rearrange their rules and laws, then the cruise ships can take a step back and go, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. But one of the things they're leaning toward or they're saying, which is kind of kind of good news for me, and I don't know about everyone else, um, is they're going to try to focus on, is what I'm hearing, it's nothing official yet, but, they're going to try and focus on solo performers oh. as opposed to bands and casts and dance teams and so forth because social distancing is easier for a solo performer, obviously, yeah. if we're on stage alone. Right. And then our, our travel is also simpler because it's just us. Um, also, for cruise lines, honestly, comics and comedians are their easiest form of entertainment for them to move and travel back and forth because most of the comics on cruise lines have been doing comedy for 30 years. And as like you, like yourself, you know, you've been doing comedy 30 years. 
we've done everything. Yes. Like every show you can think of. Anything, uh, you know, a, a wedding, a bachelor party, a club, a theater, an auditorium, you know, a one-nighter, a bar alley. So, yeah. you know, they, you can basically you hand can a comedian adapt. a microphone. Yeah, you can hand a comedian a microphone and go, I need a show for an hour. And we can go, sure. And then go up on stage and do the show. Talk about There's Lenny. no... Re- oh, go, go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, There's no... There's no rehearsal involved. There's no casting. There's no none of that. And I think when they start launching ships again, they're going to have to have some kind of entertainment because they also need to bring people back to the ships and keep them on. And here's the other thing. I don't know if you need to go to a break, but one of the things when they go on, when they go on cruises, they're probably going to have more sea days, which means less ports, which okay. means more days at sea, which means more nights that they need entertainment. So I, I think they're going to, and they're going to lean toward comics, I think. I think is what's going to happen. Fingers crossed. Uh, Lenny Schmidt's my guest. Uh, LennySchmidt.com is his website. You can go to Lenny Schmidt Comedy on Facebook every night at 6 o'clock Pacific to see his uh, quarantine show. And uh, his new album, Secret Daddy, comes out next month. So a lot going on with Lenny. When we come back, I want to talk to you about what it was like that you were on the cruise ship when they told you you had to turn back. And... You're in L.A. We're seeing a lot of footage. Things are a little crazy out there. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about your daughters flipping you off. There's a lot of things going on. So a lot to talk to Lenny Schmidt about. And if you want to jump in, if you're one of Lenny's uh, fans that are listening on whatever app that it is, whatever witchcraft you're using to listen to this broadcast. <laughs> 312-981-7200. That's how you get a hold of us. And you can, you can talk to Lenny on multiple platforms. It's unbelievable. Uh, we'll get to all of that in just a minute. It's WGN. Woo! Brian Noonan in for Nick, 720 WGN. Lenny Schmidt is my guest, comedian, actor, uh, quarantine show host on Lenny Schmidt Comedy on Facebook, father of two girls who are flipping him off continuously. He's a man of many titles, uh, and yet he's yeah. taken time out of his busy schedule to hang out with me this morning, and I do appreciate it, Lenny. Uh, so what was the mood on the boat that you were on when they when they said, hey, things have gotten a little squirrely, we have to turn back? Did people panic? Was it, uh, was it calm? What was going on? No, everybody, uh, i got to be honest with you, I think uh, cruise ships are getting a little bad rap out of all of this whole situation. They well, were fine. Was, they were, they were all, Okay, because there were a lot of stories about that. I think the bad rap is coming because we heard all these stories at the beginning of people being stuck on them and, you know, they're not letting the crew out. I was happy they let you off because there was some, you know, you hear about the crews that are still sitting out there because they couldn't dock somewhere. Well, no, they can't. I've got. I was lucky. I got off just in time. Was able to fly home uh, right away. Oh, uh, I have friends that just got home this morning. A good friend of mine just made oh it home too. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, you know that's uh, that's not the ship's fault. That's every country right. that just yes. said we won't let you dock. So right. I think uh, I think the first ship, that princess ship, uh, the one up in Seattle. I had a friend that was on that ship particularly, and. Uh, uh, they had a hard time with the testing. I think this whole thing caught everybody so off guard. They just didn't know really, you know, what they were going to yeah. do. And obviously a ship is a tough situation to be in because there's 4,000 people on a ship. It's a small area. Yeah. So any small area is going to be an issue or a problem. And the problem with the ship is that it's out at sea. So uh, I, when they told me, when they asked me to stay on the ship, I was thrilled. I felt safer on the ship than I did anywhere. And I was like, I'm like, oh, good. We're great. I'll stay here. We're there fine. There you go. Yeah. Because the ships are they're cleaned constantly. There's sanitizer everywhere. There's, you know, I mean, they don't mess around on the ships. They're so they know they've got four thousand people on there, right. so they're way ahead. The problem with the ship and the bad rep, I think, that they got is that um, it uh, all this stuff, uh, all this stuff happened, and it caught people off guard. 
and uh, uh, they were just they were stuck at sea. There was just nowhere. There was nowhere. It happened so fast. There were four thousand people on every ship, and you obviously are going to hear the bad stories sure. first. Oh yeah, you know. And but because uh, every time you hear, and I've seen stories where people go, "Oh no, everything was great." So as far as things were going on my ship. Everybody was great. Everybody was fine. They were actually oh, disappointed good. when we were going home. They were like, ah, we're going home? You're like, yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So, yeah, what's, I guess so what is the mood in Los Angeles now? I mean, I know here we've been having, we had, things are calming down a little. There's still protests, but uh, the footage I'm seeing from L.A., things are a little rough out there. Well, it's been, uh, last night was a, a much better night than two nights ago, and I uh, like being here with one of the reasons uh, I actually canceled my gig in San Clemente tonight because of the situation that's going on out here right now. Yeah, because I was out here during the Rodney King riots, so I remember I remember that, and that uh, that just kept getting worse every day. And so I was like, oh man, I I don't think it's a good idea for me to go and leave the girls alone, even though they want they don't, they would be happier. Yeah, uh, it sounds like they were uh, starting the car for you. No, Dad, I think yeah, you need I, to get on stage. Yeah, I think they would be more than happy fighting off rioters than dealing with me. So I think that's the situation. But um, uh, honestly, uh, two nights ago were rough. But man, I I, I got to be honest with you. On some level, I mean, I grew up in Chicago. You know, I'm from there. But I'm really, really, really proud of LA the last couple of days because uh, the protests today were phenomenal and peaceful and pretty amazing and thousands and thousands of people came out so uh the looting two nights ago was a complete train wreck santa monica got really messed up and destroyed and um i mean it was was really screwed up and i think they did a good job with the curfews out here to get things squared away but like tonight i've been watching the news uh i've been checking the news throughout the evening and it, it has it's not it's not a bad night there's not a lot going on i don't hear a lot of sirens you know i don't uh the last two days, it's calmed down considerably. I, I think people have kind of embraced uh, the message of protesting peacefully, and and they're they're getting a better job. Actually, they're getting a better job of locating the people that are a problem because there are people that are just out there to loot and wreck stuff. That's just they're, what they're doing. They're not interested in protesting or anything. You know, they just want to rob places. And I think they're, the one thing they did that was smart was they instituted early curfew so people can protest peacefully, leave and get off the streets, and then they can focus on the people that are causing the problems. And I think that's helped L.A. a lot. Yeah, it's uh, it, it will start, hopefully, continue to uh, keep easing up. All right, you mentioned, you've mentioned your daughters a number of times. What's been the biggest adjustment now, other than the fact that they have to see you nonstop 24-7? Uh, what's been the biggest adjustment that you've had to make as you three are now uh, approaching your 10th week of being, being locked up together? All right, here's probably, this is the toughest thing for me. My oldest daughter uh, uh, loves to bake, and I mean loves to bake. And she's got she's got a job. She just started working again recently. So they just like she was off for the first few weeks. Um, and she but she'll come home from working eight hours and bake like a cake and a dozen cupcakes. You know what I mean? Wow. I mean that's how much she. So literally, th- every week I'm getting maybe three cakes, a pie, a dozen cupcakes, and some brownies cooked in here. <laughs> yeah. So I. So how much, how much get, weight have you put on since the quarantine started? I do. I I get up every morning to go run and hike to just work off the cake. I haven't eaten regular <laughs> food. All I eat is cake, and and that's it. Cake and frosting, and I do that intermittent wow. fasting thing. So like oh, okay. I'll go, so I'll go sixteen hours without eating, and then eat, and then but then for eight hours I just eat cupcakes. That's what I. That's all I do. 
So explain so that because I, I know another friend of ours, John McDonald, who's another uh, great comic. He's, uh, he's doing John. that. Good friend of mine. He, yeah. Is that how you got into the intermittent fasting? I was actually, uh, I, I can't remember who I talked to. I was doing it a little before John. Jason Blanchard got me into it, who's a comic out of, uh, uh, a carnival comic as well, who's from Canada. And he got me into it uh, while we were still on the shifts, maybe about a year and a half ago. So uh, I just, I got into it then. And uh, it's, I, li- I love it. I think it's great. It's just, once you learn, I, I used to be one of those guys. I also, I used to do a, like a three-day fast. Oh, wow. Where I would do that. Yeah, so, and I was always one of those guys that was like, I can't go a day without eating. That's totally impossible. I just can't do it. But then you realize the whole fasting thing is just, it's a mind trip. It's really just a, a complete, and then once you embrace that part of it, it's almost like this powerful spiritual moment where you're like, I don't need food. I'm okay. And you just drink water and just keep moving. And once you start to do that and embrace it, you kind of understand how you understand, first of all, that we eat way more food than we really need. Like, right. we eat a lot of food, yeah. like tons of food. We, you know, we can survive on. Someone just told me that my daughter told me this the other day, the three rule, right? The three, three, three rule. The three, three, three rule is, uh, what is it again? It's three, three days without water, three Oh, yeah. Three I'm talking to my daughter. She's right here. That's okay. Say it again. Three minutes without oxygen. Three days without water. Okay. And three weeks without food. Those are the that's a general rule of threes. Ironically, kind of like a comedy rule of threes. Yeah, if the you rule think of about threes. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess it's in, I guess it's everywhere you look. The rule right. of threes, but. Um, so I guess the human body really suffers or struggles uh, if they reach three minutes without oxygen, three days without water, and three weeks without food. So you could literally so go, go days without eating. Huh. Yeah. So, so you only eat in a, in a certain window during the day? Is that how that works? Yeah, I generally eat uh, every day sometime between one and six. Wow. And That's how, about it. it. And does it uh, does the weight come off pretty easy, or does it uh, once you once you embrace it, it just because you don't worry that much about that? It's just more about the mental and the lifestyle. Uh, well, the weight comes off. Here's the other here's the other glitch to that, or the kicker to that. Like I'll do the intermittent fasting, uh, but I I just recently changed my hours because I used to do it at night because I also uh, alcohol's calories. So if you have ah, a beer right. at night, that's uh, that counts as liquor. So or that counts as a uh, calories so i used to have i used to eat from uh i used to eat from seven to one in the morning okay you know what i mean so that way i could drink at night which yes. is a, it, it's it's still it's still technically within the, within the uh intermittent fasting rules however what you know after a couple beers you, you know you want to have another beer uh-huh. and I, my biggest weakness is is i started to pay attention to the caloric intake of liquor and i could put down between two and four thousand calories in liquor in a night, easy. Oh, jeez! You know, I mean, that's just like uh, six beers and a couple of shots, or three martinis, and a, you know what I mean. You start Listen, to add Lenny, it up. I, I think this is a, a conversation you need for a meeting in a church basement. I don't know if this <laughs> is uh, this is exactly what we need to know. And unfortunately, I got to go because we got to get to the news. But I want to plug everything that we need to plug for you. First of all, go to Lenny Schmidt Comedy on Facebook every night at six o'clock Pacific. Uh, you can watch the uh, quarantine comedy show with Lenny and a uh, myriad of fantastic guests. So do that every night. Then go to 
Lenny Schmidt Comedy. That's his website, and uh, you can you can figure out everything. Or Lenny Lenny Schmidt. No, Lenny Schmidt. Com is, the is the website. Lenny Schmidt Comedy at Facebook, Facebook is the Facebook page. Mr. Lenny Schmidt go. is Twitter, correct? Yep, and Instagram. And yep. Instagram. Everything else is. And yep. the sixth and, uh, album, Secret Daddy, is coming out next month. People can find it uh, pretty much everywhere. Correct. That's yes, and this is the third album I recorded right there in uh, at Zanies and Rosemont. And uh, the second they let me back in the doors at Zanies and Rosemont, I'll be walking through the door to tell some jokes on that stage. Fantastic! Well, listen, I, it was great talking to you. It's been a long time. It's good to talk to you. Uh, I'm glad your daughters are flipping you off and keeping you in your uh, in your place. <laughs> and soon you'll be back on the high seas and back treading the stages, uh, having a good time. So it was it was a lot of fun, Lenny. Thanks for staying up. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me, buddy. Take my, care. My pleasure. You too. That's Lenny Schmidt, folks. LennySchmidt.com. Lenny Schmidt Comedy on Facebook every night at 6 o'clock for the Quarantine Comedy Show. Mr. Lenny Schmidt on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and, and you know, every time you see a picture, it has been approved by his family. So, there we go. Oh, my goodness. We got to do this. Brian Noonan, 720 WGN. Nick is off this week, if you have not noticed. I don't know where you've been. Nick is uh, going to be back next week, correct? Yes. So Nick will be back next week. I am having fun spending uh, the early morning hours with you. 312-981-7200. I have more fun, though, when I'm talking to you. So uh, let's do it. Jump in. Because I need your help. Last night, if uh, you were listening, or yesterday morning, I guess, we inadvertently started a new segment called Tips for Tom. And uh, yesterday it was all about grilling, and we had some great suggestions from people, some great tips to help Tom venture into the world of grilling. Uh, did you grill today? Did I grill today? I did not grill today. All right, then our I, tips I'm... were uh, for naught. <laughs> no, this weekend, this weekend, okay. the grill is the grill is clean. the The chimney starter is out. Ooh. The, the Kingsford briquettes are purchased they are purchased all right ready to go i've got a uh solid amount of ground beef ready to be cooked <laughs> right so it's just gonna are be you going to divide it up, up or are you going to cook it as a solid mound of ground beef yeah i'm gonna eat a giant square of ground beef wow. i'm just gonna try to cook that cook that nice and uh medium rare i'm liking the way you think about that that's uh, that sounds good all right so yesterday the tips were the tips were for grilling we also talked to steve dow yesterday and it came out that Tom does not like dogs. He doesn't wish them any harm, but he just not uh, just doesn't like being around them, which is fine. Uh, Tom is a cat guy. I am a dog guy. I have kind of the same uh, feeling for cats that Tom has for dogs, where I don't wish I don't wish cats ill at all. Uh, I've been uh, I've dated people who've had cats. I've been around cats. I've been uh, bitten by cats. I'm just not. Uh, cats are not for me. Just like dogs are not for you. But here's the thing. Whether you have a cat or whether you have a dog, sometimes people will come to your house and they don't like animals at all. So, we have some tips. These are tips for Tom uh, to maybe help him be comfortable if he were to come to, say, my house or your house if you have a dog, or... If anybody comes to your house and you have an animal and they are a little a little antsy. So, from you, I need help. What can we do as pet owners, as dog owners firstly, to make it easier for Tom to come to our house? 
because he doesn't want the dog humping his leg. He, I, I would imagine the best course of action would be if I locked the dog in a room. Would that be the best thing uh, for you to come to, our, to well, the house? I guess so, but I don't want to be that guy. You know, I'm kind of, I, I understand that you're trying to be a host, and I would be pr- sure. the uh, Well, the most guest. hosts want their guests to be comfortable. Right, but I, I don't want to uh, disrupt the animal's home. I don't want to be the guy, you know, kennel it, kennel it. Now, sometimes people are just like, especially if there's a large gathering, they're like, all right, I'm going to kennel it. You know, just, it just seems to be for the best. Some dogs are good with the kennel, all that kind of stuff. If we can avoid locking the dog up, I'd really like to, just to be, just to be a mensch, just to be a good guy. That's nice to be a good guy. And this, these tips, admittedly, that I found today were for dog owners to help make people like Tom feel a little more at ease in their house. But I don't, and I don't know if it would translate to cats because everybody I know who has a cat, if the cat, if people come over, the cat takes off and you go, where's your cat? I don't know. It's hiding. But dogs, most dogs don't want to hide. Most dogs want to come out and they want to say, hello. They want to see what's happening. So dog owners, how do you keep your dogs calm and make your home more acceptable for Tom? And what tip would you give Tom if he is going to visit someone who has a dog? So is this correct? So here's here's one way that as dog owners we can help if uh, make it comfortable for people who are a little antsy when dogs come. Use baby gates to separate the dogs from people. We used to do. We used to have a baby gate in the house when the dogs were puppies to keep them in. You know, when they're puppies and they're still trying to learn uh, not to poop in the house, we'd use a baby gate to keep them in one area or out of another area. So that what if you came to the house and there were baby gates there, Tom? Would that be okay? That uh, that seems to happen. Look a lot. like look like the dog is in jail for your amusement. I could, <laughs> you could deal with that. That would make and you like more could, comfortable. Yeah, maybe I could feed it out of my hand or something like that. You know, so you're like not a, afraid to get close to it. I, I see that. I can. I can. You choose not. To. I choose not to. I'd rather not. But uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm I'm willing to meet people halfway. I'm All not right. that much of a well, of a jerk. Okay. Well, listen, nobody. You're the only one who uses the word jerk. Just for the I guess I just feel bad. Just for the record, if anybody, you know, a lot of times when I'm looking for advice, I think to myself, I need to leave the continental United States and go uh, probably halfway around the world to get advice. And so sometimes I think to myself, what would somebody in New Zealand think of this? Thankfully, Daryl is here, so now I can find out what somebody in New Zealand would think about this. Good morning, Daryl. How are you? Oh, I'm not so bad, my friend. So we're live on the air right now. You are. You are on the air in Chicago and and around the world, yeah. obviously. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Hey, look, I I saw something. You guys might have seen it as well. I'm I'm just gonna just touch on the uh, what happened in Washington, which I saw on YouTube uh, earlier on today. In fact, it's right now in New Zealand. It, it is seven uh, thirteen on Thursday night which is the 4th of June, so it would be roughly about 18 hours behind over there. Right. No doubt. Correct. But anyhow, um, I was uh, the Australian cruiser over there, you know, Channel 7 from Australia, Sydney, I think uh, they're from. But anyhow, there was, there was all your guys over there as well, all the reporters, and I think they were getting a bit of a rough time as well. But 
Um, these guys, these the National Guard, one guy in particular, in fact, it was very clear and concise and, and down on camera. It was a beautiful shot. Now, the guy took to the Australian cameraman. I mean, all he was doing is, uh, you know, putting the camera there so the girl in front could do her stuff, you know. So, yeah. um, But what actually happened is the shield that he had, he actually pushed it into the camera on its edge. Um, the guy sort of lost the camera, but I don't think it was damaged. But, you know, could very well, um, that could have happened. But um, it's, it's, it's all there to see. It's, it's under Sunrise Channel 7. Uh, with a lot of red sort of um, red stuff at the bottom of the video, so it's there for everyone to see. But it was quite, you know, quite rough, really. In fact, it, a little bit was uncalled for, you know. Yeah, it's. I, I'm looking at it now. I'm seeing it now. It's there. There seems to be a lot of anti-journalist sentiment running around uh, now in exactly, a lot of yeah. circles, and it's. Uh, I saw an article today that for the first time ever, the United States was put on the list of most dangerous countries for journalists. So that is not uh, something yeah, to yeah. be proud it of. It just goes with the goes with the territory, I suppose, of, of what's what's happening right now. You know, but it's yeah, it's not good. I mean, it, it's uh, it's pretty sad, really, all up. But um, you know, there's a mission there to be to be sorted out. But um, how? This is however, a, Darryl, since, you know, I, since I have you here, this is a, it's a, a unique uh, unique position for me to be in, where I can get the perspective of somebody from another country. As you're watching the events that have happened here in the U.S. over the last few days, and yep. I know there's marches all over the world. What what impression do you get of our country over the last couple days? the U.S., my friend, and I like the Americans a lot. Got a lot of time for the Americans, and I think it's really sad. But, you know, by the same token, we all live in a world whereby there are multi... It is a multi-cosmopolitan or, or um, multi-nationality uh, society. So in whatever country you may be in, there is uh, multi-nationalities living in those countries. There is in New Zealand, there is in Australia. Um, so, you know, they're fairly big cities over there too. You know, there's about 28 million in, in Australia, I think big difference between that and the US, though. But um, yeah, it is just part of the territory, I suppose. You have the uh, the different ways of life, um, and you're trying to incorporate that into general day to day living. Now, there was a lot of good so, news coming out of a lot of good news coming out of New Zealand. Your prime minister. Uh, was getting a lot of praise for basically eradicating the the way she handled the COVID nineteen outbreak there. What what was the situation for you uh, in New Zealand dealing with the virus? Um, pretty good, you know, as far as, as far as myself personally. But it, it's uh, it's not actually the border with Australia is going to be opened up about the first of July. But with the rest of the world, with planes flying in from the rest of the world, going to be left just a little bit longer. I think about probably another three to six months, but um, possibly longer. I don't know. But um, yeah, it is for the time being. It for the time being, it is non-existent, but for how long, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I have my reservations, to be quite honest. What was what st- uh, what steps did she take or, or were imposed? Did you guys have uh, to go on self-quarantine? What, 
what do you think led to the fact that, for at least for right now, the virus was eradicated? Can you just repeat that question again, my friend? Yeah, what, what did the Prime Minister, what measures were instituted in New Zealand that seemed to help eradicate the virus so quickly? Um, you've caught me on the hoppies. I'm just trying to think here, but uh, like, did you guys have to stay so home? Much. Were you on lockdown? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. We've just we've come from what they call that. She put in four levels, so we come down from a level four down to a, we're now in level one as of uh, a week today. Effectively, a week today. So this time next Thursday, we'll, we'll be in, or Wednesday, your, your time, we'll be in uh, level one, which is basically complete freedom, unrestricted, everything lifted. But they are also warning uh, that it's not, it may never um, essentially be over. Okay. So you know, all, bus- all businesses, that sort of thing, they've got to take names and details and all that sort of thing for the um, contact tracing and all that sort of thing. So everything, but everything, as as you said, right now, things are things are really good. But as as the borders open up and, and tourists come and things as things one change, week, yeah, one week tonight it, it will be restriction free. Okay, uh, basically, um, you know, unrestricted. But I'm just going to turn the volume of this video because we're on the three second delay. I think here, so I'll just turn the volume down on the video because it's, it's repeating go. back. Ah, that sounds much um, better. Daryl, I have to go, but before I go, I want to ask you one: for those of us who have never been to New Zealand, what would be what would be the one thing you would like to tell anybody who hasn't been there about New Zealand? It's a great country, mate. It is a great country. It, it is the North and South Island. Um, most people head for a place called Queenstown, which is right down the bottom of the, uh, just about it. In fact, uh, some of the guys from the White House were over there just not so long ago, but um, we're down there, but um, gee, it is. Yeah, it, it's it's just as good as the states or anywhere else in the world. It's it's uh, relatively quiet. There's only five million people down here, so we're only we're only sort of ten mile down the road on the left hand side. Okay. <laughs> and and everything I've seen, all the pictures, it it looks like a beautiful country. It's. It, it, it is, my friend. It is the the scenery is stunning, absolutely stunning. You know, so um, yeah, the world the world is still good wherever uh, you may be, but just unfortunate, really, in some respects. Just when you see what's going on in the states, it's. No. Um, I agree, and that yeah, the the footage that you called initially about is very shocking, and unfortunately, it's it's something that is happening more and more. Daryl, I really appreciate the call and the perspective. Please call again and have a great day. You too, my friend. Cheers. Take care. Cheers. Bye. 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 There you go. Talking to New Zealand. Uh, let's do this, and then we'll talk to you at three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. What did you What did you think when you heard? Someone from another country give their impression of what they're watching our country do right now. Were you shocked? Were you? Uh, did you agree with what he said? Let me know. 312-981-7200. Spend all my nights and all my mornings going out of my mind, Tom. There we go. Yeah, it's a little hard. Who is this? It is hard. No. 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 Baby, come back. It's... Yeah. Uh, Come on. Oh. Uh, you got this. I do have it. Dig deep. I'm trying. 
I, it's escaping me. My yacht rock, my yacht rock encyclopedic knowledge is failing me. Give me a hint. Uh, starts with a P. Playa. There it is. There you go. All right. Playa. Playa's got to play. Uh, we're playing with you. 312-981-7200. You want to play with us? Come on. Sylvia is in Elmhurst. She wants to uh, share a story about New Zealand. Hi, Sylvia. Hi. Yeah, Brian, my daughter and her friend were traveling to New Zealand, and they were in a pub having a beer and a burger or whatever they were eating, and somebody recognized them as as Americans. Okay. And they were ex- physically exited out of the pub because of George W. Bush. They said he was a warmonger. Wow. Really? And, yeah. Honest to God, this happened. That's crazy. Yeah. So him talking about Americans, you know, um, they, well, are, they really do not like Americans in New Zealand. Well, I, I don't know if we can if we can paint the whole country with your daughter's experience i can't but that's a horrible experience that your daughter went through and her friends and that does that surprises me because most places you know people aren't going to throw you out because you of the country you come from that's that i, yeah. I got a feeling well, i got a feeling she might have they, we were in afghanistan then yeah and that you're not going to believe it but four years later she's in scotland with a different friend and they were treating them so rude. But the day that Obama won, everybody was wonderful. Hmm. So they, they don't treated them like royalty. They don't like uh, American conservative politicians over there. It sounds like that's right. All right. Now Tom is Tom's family is from Scotland. I'm going to have yeah. him weigh in on this, Sylvia, because uh, you know, uh, what, what do you think, Tom? Is that uh, do the Scots? Are they usually will they usually throw somebody out of a bar or be rude to them if they're American? Well, uh, it, it's tough to say. Again, as you said, Brian, it's tough to paint the picture of an entire country because even within that country, there's divisions. And if you're talking about somewhere like Scotland, uh, a place that has dealt with, among other things, sectarian violence, which for those who don't know what sectarian violence is, that's a fighting infighting between Catholics and Protestants. So they're Much de- like Ireland. Yes, exactly. So it's it's definitely a place where uh, your affiliation with something can get you into trouble. Okay. It definitely can get you into trouble. I have the benefit of being the son of a Scotsman. So when I tell people, if and but I don't sound Scottish, so they talk which to me. Which is unfortunate. Which is unfortunate. Frankly. I know. I, the the number really of the number of dates I could have gotten. My God, but <laughs> you know the the issue being that I don't sound Scottish, so people will be like, "Oh, you're American." They come to you with those preconceived notions, and right. I, I think Sylvia's daughter's experience in New Zealand may have been a result of that. I think in Scotland may have also been a result of that. They think that you're going to be a certain way. Okay. Now. I definitely get a pass. Yeah, they didn't like our politics is what the basic... Yeah, yeah. I will say family members of mine definitely use me as the stand-in. They use me as the straw man with their issues with American politics. They're like, what's the deal? Because in Scotland, guns, like, it's not, it's a non-starter. Right. They really don't even, they don't get it. And they ask me and my brothers when we go to visit, like, what's the deal with Americans and guns? And I try to explain it to them. And they they just kind of don't, and they ask me all these questions, and I'm like, man, I don't even own a weapon. <laughs> how can I talk? How can I speak for someone who does? You are the face of America, Tom. So that's the issue: well, is that when you go yeah, abroad, they my, paint my you as husband that. was is, was Scotch, and his father was from Scotland, 
And um, they got along just fine. Our last name was Graham, like Graham Kruger, and they had a wonderful tartan, and he had a wonderful time. Yeah. So that's why Eileen went. And then when she got there, they just did not like our politicians. Wow, that's we're, now. And listen, I, Sylvia, know this before I even say it. I'm not blaming your daughter at all. Do you think was she very politically active? Would she have gone in and started to nope. rouse some rabble? Nope. No, not at all. She's very mild and meek. They just nope. they just found out she was from the U.S. and they did not like. Yes, it. Well, totally. I'm, I'm totally. sorry she had that. Uh, I'm sorry a, she had that like, experience. Yeah. It was a tr- kind of a tragedy. And then she was poor thing was in Italy. When the pandemic broke out, she got the last plane out of Italy in March to get back to the United States. So I told her she has to stay home. I was just going to say that, Sylvia. If I've learned anything (laughs) from your stories is your daughter doesn't need to travel anymore. She needs to stay where she is and just just calm down a little bit. Stay home. I know. Now she wants to go to Greece in September. I said, we'll see. No, no, don't let her yeah. go. Tell her, tell her, you know, go to go to Naperville. Go to go down to Southern. Stay, stay somewhere her. close. You know. Yeah. What then the if, heck? She lives in Sycamore. She might as well just go to DeKalb and forget it. There you go. Go <laughs> go out to DeKalb. Stop at Tom and Jerry's. Get yourself a euro, and everything's going to be fine. You don't need to. You That's don't need to right. be traipsing That's all over the right. globe, getting thrown out of bars. You can get thrown out of bars but, right here in Illinois. But she loves to travel. That's all she <laughs> wants to do, and she can afford to do it. So she does it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad the experiences she had in New Zealand and Scotland have not soured her on travel. So, who knows? Maybe Greece no, will be she better. Was, she said Ireland's the best. They are the yes. friendliest, the kindest. We are a and, friendly um, people, Sylvia. There's no doubt about it. Well, and then her dad was Scotch Irish, so of course, you know. Well, thanks for sharing those stories with us, Sylvia. I appreciate it. Have a great morning. You too, and I'm so glad to hear you. Come again, please. Thank you. I sure will. Bye bye. Uh, Bob is uh, is Bob in Scotland? Are you in Scotland right now, Bob? Yes, yes. I've lived here for almost twenty years. Very nice. Are you from? Where are you from originally? The states? Uh, Illinois. I'm I'm from Midwestern Illinois, around the Macomb area. Okay. And what took you to Scotland? And don't say a plane. Well, that did <laughs> actually no. I drove here from uh, from Italy. I was in the Navy for twenty years. Met my wife in Scotland in uh, the eighties, and when I retired in two thousand and one, I, I uh, decided to move back to Scotland. Wow! And what was it? A, was it a huge adjustment to move from the uh, from the U.S. to Scotland, or or not so much because you had been in the Navy traveling around anyway? Well, my last two years in the Navy was actually in Italy, so I already had the European adjustment there. Uh, and like I said, I drove from Italy up to Scotland, and it wasn't really too much of an adjustment. Uh, I mean, they spoke the same language, so that wasn't wasn't too difficult. Right. Uh, and uh, I, I was since since I'm in the town that my wife grew up in, uh, I guess I had a foothold there, and uh, I was I was accepted and. Very haven't nice. really noticed any any big differences. Were, did, were you surprised when you heard, I don't know if you heard any of our last caller, Sylvia, talking about her daughter being being in Scotland and being treated poorly because, uh, because George Bush was the president? Well, that's what prompted me to phone, actually. Um, I, whenever I go into a pub, I... I in the past 20 years, I go into a pub and I have never been meted with, met. Sorry, <laughs> I've never been met with uh, anything like that before. Uh, everyone's eager to buy me a drink when I'm when I when they hear I'm American. 
Uh, I do hear usually the first words out of somebody's mouth is, oh, that Trump is, and you can (laughs) fill in the blanks. Uh, But... uh, the, the the Scottish people as a whole are very friendly and accommodating, and uh, they they bend over backwards to help you out and everything. Uh, the the old joke of how was copper wire invented? It was two Scotsmen fighting over a penny. <laughs> Tom, am I? Is it okay if I laugh at that, Tom? Oh no, it's the I, I okay. love I love the stereotype of the Scots as penny pinchers because it's kind of true. <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll give you their last penny if if they've got it uh but at the same time if you owe them your last penny they want it exactly. so uh oh, it, it's a two-sided coin i love that my father my father was the exact same way he was you know, very very frugal very scrooge mcduck <laughs> yeah there you go but uh i i have uh i didn't see anything with george bush uh being president uh being treated any worse it it all seemed to have happened with trump but uh, i mean i'm a trump supporter myself but but uh i I think people should just give him a chance get off his back let him do his job and is that is that but that that does that differ from the perception that uh other scott it, it sounds like it does people other people in scotland have of the administration and of the country your, does your does your stand differ greatly from that or no? Actually, I think the I think the Scottish seem to uh, they're not as open about the American politics or okay. their feelings towards the American politics. But it's it's mainly the English that are the ones out protesting and causing all the the animosity. Yeah. Now, was there? And excuse me, I know this is probably a silly question, but I, I'm a relatively silly guy. When you when you moved to Scotland, did they make you try haggis? Is that a thing that they they hold you at gunpoint and make you eat this lamb's stomach? My my wife gave that to me way back in the eighties, and I took one bite of it, and I haven't had any since then. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the black pudding, on the other hand, I, I've I've tried it many times uh-huh. because a lot of different places uh, fix it differently, and I have had well decent black pudding okay. but most of it is just absolutely horrible uh i i don't eat it by choice and now having been gone from the u.s for 20 years is there anything that you miss about uh living here in the states well i've been back over there you know visiting family right. and so on uh and it's just not the same country that i left so it's it's hard to miss anything yeah. uh you know nothing. I mean, even Walmart is different from what it was twenty years ago. So uh, it, it, it's hard to miss something that you never had, really. Yeah. That well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, do you have a do you have a kilt? Do they issue you that at the border? Because as an Irishman, <laughs> I, I only ask that because I have a kilt as an Irishman. I have a kilt, and everybody says, "Are you Scottish?" I say, "No, I'm Irish." So I didn't know if it was like a birthright or once you were sworn in as a citizen, they gave you your own tartan. I don't know how that works. Well, first of all, I'm not a citizen. I'm still an American citizen. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, I have to maintain that in order to keep my uh, military pension, really. Oh, all right. But, that makes sense. But, uh, no, I do have a kilt, though. Uh, my wife bought it at a at a local second-hand store just because I kept bugging her. I wanted a kilt. <laughs> uh, I've only worn it once, but I've I've worn a kilt... Uh, a few times at weddings and and you know big events yeah. like that, but uh, 
the one that I have, I've only worn once, and that was actually for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bob, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for the insight, and and thank you. I I had a feeling that Sylvia's daughter's experience was uh, not the norm, that it it couldn't be that way, because everything I've heard about the Scots, uh, you know, the the Irish I know, English I've experienced, and everything I've heard about the Scots is that they're very friendly, so that story seemed, uh, seemed like it would be an aberration. Yeah, I, I felt that way myself. Well, thank you for calling and setting us straight. I appreciate it. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, Brian. Take care. All right, let's uh, do this, and then more of your calls, 312-981-7200, whatever you want to chime in on. we got a lot on the, uh, a lot on the docket. Uh, do I still have tips for Tom? Sure, because I'm going to keep doing those until we get through them here on WGN. All right, if you've been playing what countries will call Brian tonight, bingo. New Zealand is taken. Scotland is taken. Then you have a free space. So I don't know what your other two countries are on your card, but uh, we're close to winning. It's very exciting. That is, that is i got to be honest, and, and it's happened over the years here at WGN where you're on the air, and especially this time of day. You know, when I used to do the weekend overnights or, or when I'm in for Nick, uh, the reach of this station, and now because of the internet, obviously, but but even before, it is it is very exciting to hear from all these other places. Were you now, Tom? I got we got to say, Bob. Mm. Bob was a legit call from Scotland. One, he didn't say. I, I was expecting to talk to uh, Greenskeeper Willie you, when I picked up the phone. Were you expecting this? Look at the size of that boy's head. Shh. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Shh. That's exactly what I was anticipating, and I got to be honest. In the first three seconds of my call or, or Bob's call, I was disappointed. But then it was such yeah. a great call, and he was so exciting to, uh, and interesting to talk to that I forgot all about my, you know, my disappointment. That's okay. But I know I was being silly to a point. But uh, I have tried over the years to become more open-minded when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. When, especially when I travel, because I'm going to somebody, I'm going to another country for a reason. I'm not going to, you know, we were lucky enough when Molly was studying abroad to go visit her in Madrid. I'm not going to Madrid to eat at Five Guys, which they had opened right on the main street of Madrid. Wait, they got a Five, guys, got a five in Madrid? guys in Madrid? I'd be tempted to try it just to see if it's the same. Well, I, I get that point. Uh, but, but I'm you're like, going to go I'm get only, like I'm a, only Madrid for a couple days. You're going to get a paella or something right, like that. Right. I'm going to eat local. I'm I'm going to find small local places. I'm going to try food that I hadn't haven't tried before. Yeah. It was the same when we were in England or, or wherever wherever we go. I tried I try different things. Except when I was in um, we went to Puerto Rico, which I know is not a foreign country. It's a U.S. territory, and it was a it's a lovely place. But one night we were just really hungry, and we got Domino's. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you got a cave, right? Because we were we were back at the apartment. We had been out all day. It was like, do you want to, you know, do you want to shower and change to go out to dinner? No, let's just get Domino's. <laughs> Can we eat it in our underpants? Yes. Well, they could. I had to go get it. But, <laughs> you know, and it, you know, the the people in Puerto Rico were very welcoming, but I don't think they would have welcomed me walking into Domino's in my underpants because you know I only wear a Brazilian, a little a little <sighs> string bikini. Uh, anyway, oh, God. so set my eyes on fire, please. <laughs> I was tan. Does that help? Does that change no. anything? All right. No. Okay. I'm sorry. Don't report me to HR. Uh, too late. Do we have an HR department? We. <laughs> 
I just I have a standing email that just says subject Brian Noonan. All right, hit send. Uh, they'll they'll add it to the pile. But my point is, now I'm guessing since your dad is from Scotland and you've you've been yes. over there many times, mm-hmm. you have had haggis, correct? I have. Is it? And and it does not sound appetizing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who are for the uninitiated, explain exactly what haggis is. Please. So, and I, I'm sure I'll probably get some of the step wrong, but it's basically the innards of a sheep. Uh, stuffed into its own stomach, sewn up, and then cooked. Why wow, you made it sound appetizing? Yeah, no, there's there's no way to do it. But can I? I will give you a tip. Here's a Please tip do. from Tom. All right, a tip oh, from oh, Tom. Hold on, a new segment. Tips from hey. Tom. <laughs> so the best way to eat haggis is to disguise it. <laughs> and I know that sounds odd. Put a mustache on it. What do you? Do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> put, it put, in put, put put the Groucho glasses on it, and you won't even know. <laughs> but my my auntie Audrey does this thing with haggis that is so delicious i can't even believe it she takes chicken breast you cut it you know cut it open you stuff the haggis inside you wrap it in bacon you cook that and then she makes her own whiskey the whiskey creamy sauce whiskey cream sauce you put that on top now the haggis adds a certain level of of saltiness uh, a little a little bit of that you know extra i don't know flavor that you're not going to get with just the chicken breast. An umami? If it, yeah, it, 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 I think it would be. I think haggis is the umami. Okay. It is the umami. <laughs> but then you've also, you know, so you're not getting the full brunt of the haggis. Right. You're, you've got, it's wrapped in bacon. There's a delicious whiskey sauce on top. You and can't there's chicken. Deny. And there's chicken too. But, it, you know, it's a chicken breast. A chicken breast can is, is good. It's a nice tender chicken sure, breast. Sure, sure. But you get that added stuffed I'm wondering, though, if you have to do so much to hide it, why you would eat it. Is there, uh, mm-hmm. what's the history of it? Was it something that uh, oh, the, well, the farmers yeah. and the, the shepherds used to do after they... Uh... I like to think it was a sick experiment. Okay. So, you know, Mr. McHaggis, let's say, <laughs> Farmer McHaggis one day had a dead sheep and, you know, the rest of the meat was bad, but it seemed that the innards would make a delicious... <laughs> meal for the rest of the McHaggis family. Yeah, so Farmer McHaggis took, you know, the sheep innards to his beautiful wife, also named Farmer McHaggis. Sure. Angus McHaggis. Mrs. Farmer McHaggis. Mrs. Farmer McHaggis and the McHaggis twins cooked that bad boy up, and voila, you've got a national dish. I know, I'm sure that every culture has a dish like that, where if you are not... From that country, you would hear about it as I hear about haggis and go, eh, boy, I really can't. We'll just talk to the Irish about tripe. Oh, Someone I, explain I, I, I that to me. I don't want to. I don't want to. The nice thing about Ireland is that uh, it used to, the food used to be horrible. But now there has been an influx of young chefs who have gone and studied and come back. And the, the level of food in Ireland has gone way up. The weird thing is... My family, part of my family is from Milford, and the big thing to eat for them in Milford is Chinese food down the hill. They go to this Chinese restaurant in Milford, and they love it, and they also get the French fries at the Chinese restaurant. That is, so I I don't know, that doesn't seem as odd to me, and yet... Uh, that's the big delicacy for that's a big delicacy for the Noonan side of the family in Milford uh, to get Chinese food and French fries. So really, I'm not that far removed from my roots. It's um, it's a very exciting time. But 
we'll throw this out there, and if you want to, if you want to jump in on it, I would love to hear it. Tom just talked about haggis, and I don't know if I'd try it. When you've been traveling, or a family member has come to visit, is there a dish that is as unusual and, at first blush, kind of gross that you've tried and you went, oh, yeah, all right, I can I can see why people would eat this, or you were brave enough to finally try it and then you went, oh no, never again. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Doc is on the line. Hi, Doc. Hey, good morning. Uh, I just wanted to offer my help to sink the uh, tips for Tom bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, hey, when we were kids, we used to show dogs, and man, it was a fiasco. You know, my my uncle had a champion collies. You know, but we were horrible at it. But the one uh, treat that the dogs that you used in the ring was beef liver. Okay. So I would recommend he cook some beef liver, put it in a Ziploc. When he goes to somebody's house, pull that out. He'll make a good friend. And if he doesn't really want the attention from the dog, forego the Ziploc. Just put a few pieces of it in his girlfriend's purse, and then she'll get the attention all night. There you go. (laughs) Yes, the dog will be distracted. Yeah. (laughs) Throw him a little. And then a serious tip, uh, shelters always need volunteers, and... uh, he and his lady could just uh, make arrangements and go walk dogs, get them out of their kennel, go out and walk them. Maybe he'll uh, make a friend and uh, change his attitude a little bit. I don't think he has the desire, though, well, Doc. I, I think he's. I think he's uh-huh. dead set against dogs. He's a cat guy, and that's it. <laughs> well, I can't fault him there. I'm not a strong cat person, and uh, mm. and if he ever gets a dog, best thing to do, get two. So when you're not there, they're not trash in the place. That's true. Uh, they're playing with each other. That's mm-hmm. what we have, too. We used to have Maltese. Right now we got half Pomeranian, half Chihuahua. I thought you said you had dogs, Doc. Yeah, <laughs> half Chihuahua, yeah. Yeah, they're like little yapper piranhas, you know. <laughs> I don't know. See, this is what I don't I think dogs that size have, like, the, the Napoleon complex. Because I have dogs, uh, one of my dogs is about 80 pounds, the other is about 60. And they go, we walk around, they don't make any noise. But any time a little dog is around, the little dogs go crazy. Our our neighbors have two tiny little dogs, one's a Pomeranian, one's something else. Oh, my God, these dogs, you'd think they were the biggest dogs on the block. They got I don't know what the attitude is with them. Do your dogs do that, too? They go they go crazy, they try to show off, like, hey, we know you're six they pounds, do, back off. And they sit on sit on the very top of the couch and stare out the window and bark at everybody that walks by. <laughs> when people are walking their dogs or yeah. just anybody. And we used to have Maltese. We had uh, a mother and father and, and kept two daughters from one litter. They were quiet. They wanted to sleep. They had no interest in going outside except the bathroom. They'd love to have you carry them to the mailbox. Very affectionate dogs. These two we have now, though. I've never liked Chihuahuas, and luckily these look more like Pomeranians. But they do do some yapping. Yeah, well, that's. I guess when you're that little, you got to make up for it somehow. There you go. All right, Doc, thanks for the call. Good to talk right, to you. Have, have a good morning. Thank you. You too. All right, we'll figure it out one of these days. And you know what? You don't have to ever like dogs, but... You know, I want if you were to come to the house, I would want you to be comfortable because I've had people come over and like if I know in advance that somebody doesn't like dogs, then I'll do my best to, you know, 
oh, the dogs can go out in the back if we're in the house, or yeah, if we're in the chill. backyard, we'll let them go. You know, they'll go in the house. Well, I'll, I'll say even this much for me. I'm I'm having to get ready to like my mom is allergic to cats. Oh, so if she comes to visit. I've gone to the lengths of I've got uh, hypoallergenic wipes for the cat. You wipe the cat. Really? And it helps negate the dander. It's not a hairless cat, is it? It is not a hairless Thank cat. God. Short hair. Short okay. hair tabby. Short hair is um, This bird's bees spray that you you spray the cat. Really? And it helps helps kill allergies. We vacuum every day. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, got the hand vac, got the dirt devil. And uh, there's speci- a specific room that he cannot go in. We okay. Will, the doors close all the time. And uh, the back room is, you know, our back office is where I'm going to put him. Yeah. So I, I just want to know, I, I before I ask other people to do the same, I have to, uh, you know, yeah. be that kind of guy. Oh, no. I There was a, a friend of mine who he was actually, well, we don't have time for that. We'll do, we'll do more after the news, which comes your way after this. WGN. We cannot steal away. We have to be here until 4 o'clock. But that's all right. We're here with you at 312-981-7200. It's Brian Noonan in for Nick. Uh, we've been talking about so many different things. There's a lot on the table. Feel free to jump in with any of them. We were, t- we were figuring out uh, Tom's deal with dogs and trying to give uh, pet owners tips on how to make people like Tom, uh, who are a little uh, worried about animals, feel safer. We're actually talking about unusual foods. We had a big haggis and tripe conversation. We've got a lot on the burner. What do you want to talk about, Big Ed? Oh, here's Big Ed. Listen, Big Ed, all day, welcome, first of all, but all day I've been thinking about your glasses comments, and I'm going to stick with the glasses I got. Whatever floats your boat, Brian. I know it. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, buddy. Good. Uh, you need a call from Canada to make the trifecta. Is that what we're looking for? I know they can listen to you up there. You got Canadian Bill. Yeah, pick yeah. up the phone. We do need another. We do need another foreign country to call in tonight before we get out of here. We've had New Zealand, Scotland, and now wherever it is, Big Ed is from. And if GN's management is listening, you need your own show. That's all there is to it. Well, that's very nice. Okay, now I got a dog and a cat story, okay? All right. My neighbors had a German Shepherd that I used to walk, you know, when I was still living on that street. I'd walk it up to this, uh, you couldn't really call it a park, it was more like a forest. And I used to take them up there and, you know, let them run and blah, blah, blah. So I go back. I was living in Arlington, Virginia at the time. I go back home. I was there for like three months. I come back, talking to a neighbor on the street, and this dog comes running over, jumping on me, just jumping and jumping. And I was like, it took me a few seconds. I was like, get off of me, get off of me. It took me a few seconds to realize who this dog was, you know, the one that I used to walk. Yeah. Now, I hadn't seen this dog for three months, and in two seconds, he recognized me. That's dogs for you, Big Ed. You know, they they don't forget. They're all about affection and and bonding. Okay, now I got a cat story for you, okay? (laughs) Yes. I'll make this quick. No, that's all right. I'm here till four. I had this cat named Shoulders. That's another story why it's called Shoulders, but... Well, wait, well, hold on. Don't leave us hanging. Why was he called Shoulders? 
Well, the people that I bought the German Shepherd from, they had this little kitty cat, and they weren't very good to it. Oh. So one day I told the uh, mother, I said, I'm going to take this cat back home with me. Oh, you can't do that. That's, uh, I said, where do you think this cat's going to have a better life, with me or here? Yeah. Okay, take the cat. So driving down to uh, Arlington, the cat did not like to drive, so he crawls up on the back of my shoulders and stayed there for three and a half hours. Whoa. So while I'm driving, I thought, Shoulders. Shoulders, there's there your you name. Go. All right, that's a perfect name. All right, so what did Shoulders, what did, uh, what Shoulders story, Ed? Shoulders got a check cash from my buddy with a service station. Um, he asked me to go over across, just right across the street to the bank okay. and asked to get a check cash. So I'm not going there, of course, just, do you have an account here? No. So then I can't cash the check. It says it's for the mobile right across the street, right there. You know, well, you don't have any, you know, yeah, you know, that steel. I know. So I told her, yeah, so I told her, call him up, you know. So she did. I have a guy over here who wants to check, you know, blah, blah, blah. So then she starts looking at me, and she's like eyeballing me up and down, up and down here. Yeah, yeah. And then she looks at me and she says, what's your cat's name? <laughs> Shoulders. Okay, it's him, and she cashed the check. <laughs> so the cat was good for as collateral. The cat was collateral, good as gold, Brian. Perfect. Now, see, if I had that, that's a good use for a cat. Collateral. <laughs> I like that. I, I guess so. Let's get a call from Canada in there. All right? Yeah, all right. We're gonna, Ed, we're going to try to get it. We're going to try to get Canada. I would take Honduras. I'll pretty much go for any country now. We need one more country for the international trifecta of the morning. Bring it on, Brian. Thanks, Ed. Take care, man. Bye bye. Yeah, look at now. Now Ed's throwing down the gauntlet. But now I, I don't want to. I don't want to beg for an international call because that's disingenuous. Our first two international calls just came in. You know, last night our furthest flung call was Hawaii. That was a nice long call. And before you say anything, I know that's one of the fifty states, so it's not an international. But. You know, I was going distance. Tonight we're going. Tonight we're going outside of the uh, the fifty states and the U.S. territories. We need somebody. I don't know Chile. You want to call me from Uruguay? Mm. Uh, call uh, Djibouti. Oh, you call me Djibouti? Mm-hmm. What? That's wrong. I just did a little dance. I must be getting a little punchy. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so uh, hopefully, Tom, and don't don't fake it. Don't have somebody, you know, don't text oh, one yeah. of your hipster friends and have them call in and saying they're from uh, Uganda because I won't buy it. <laughs> I won't buy it. And yeah. I don't know I don't know why these are the countries that are popping into my head. Yeah, Transylvania. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere like I you know, I didn't go uh, any European countries. I'm going all, you know. I want to, I want some uh, you know, some what's the smallest country on earth? I think it's uh Swaziland? Oh, I mean it's not technically a country, but Vatican City is its own political entity. I'd say probably well, Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein Lich- is super small. Oh, I would love Luch- somebody from Liechtenstein. Uh, Luxembourg. What's the movie with Liechtenstein? Uh, oh, uh, A Knight's Tale. 
Did you ever see a yeah, night's yeah. tale with Heath, yeah. Heath Ledger? Weren't they from Sir yeah. somebody of Liechtenstein? Lichten, yeah, Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. Have you ever been to Liechtenstein? I have not been to Liechtenstein. It is not on my. It's it's not in my top five of next countries to visit list. It's not a bad place, really. Yeah, I got a flask from there. What goes on in Liechtenstein? Mostly tourism. Is that right? Yeah. Where I did, and I I know the region that it's, it's in it's, up in that Bavarian region. Yeah, it's. Uh, I want to say it's between Germany and Austria. Okay. Somewhere in that there. That sounds right. And I'm, I'm sure someone will be like, that's wrong, Tom. But, Maybe somebody you know. in Liechtenstein is listening. They're like, you Americans are so dumb. What is wrong with you? Liechtenstein is here. We, I have, uh, we have flasks. We have cuckoo clocks. We have all sorts of things. Lederhosen. We have them all. I think they've got a really... I remember a really nice fountain. A f- one fountain it's in Liechtenstein? Like, uh, yeah, very, very good fountains in Liechtenstein. All right. That's, is that what they're known for uh, nas- internationally? If you want to go see fountains, you'd take a tour of Liechtenstein? You know, they've got the bridges of Ma- Madison County. Now they've got the fla- fountains of Liechtenstein. Sure, and they got the Cover Bridge Festival somewhere. Oh, they have bridges all over. All right, so uh, that's what we're looking for now. But right now, we're looking to do this on WGN. Das ist die Liechtensteiner Polka, mein Schatz. Polka, mein Schatz. Polka, mein Schatz. Da bleibt doch kein Liechtensteiner auf seinem Platz. Now, do you speak? Is that German? Are you sure that wasn't some sort of <laughs> some sort of rallying cry for something horrible? No, I, I don't think so. Unless being a rallying cry for Liechtenstein is terrible. I I don't know, but unfortunately, I'm one of these Americans who only speaks English. So <laughs> then, you know, I don't want somebody to call up. Uh, yeah, we were listening to the station at about three sixteen, and they played some sort of uh, you know rallying cry for the Third Reich. I don't uh, you know. No, it's the Lichtensteiner Polka. I tell you what, it made me want to have a beer and some schnitzel. Mm. Doesn't that sound good? Maybe some pickled pig's feet. Is that a thing in Lichtenstein? Uh, it could be. All right. You throw out, you, you say a lot of things like they're fact when really they have absolutely no connection to the real world. Hey, I never said that pickled pig's feet have anything to do with Lichtenstein. It just seems like something they might eat in Lichtenstein <laughs> until somebody proves me wrong. It very well could be. All right. I don't know. One, when I hear pickled pig's feet, I don't think Liechtenstein. I think, think? A, I think of a, I think of a like a tavern somewhere either in southern Illinois where it, where I've seen the jars of pickled pig's feet on the bar, or you know, a, a, up in the northern Wisconsin woods or something. Those are the kind of those mm. are the kind of bars that have pickled pig's feet. They're the ones. They also have the jars of eggs. Pickled eggs. Yeah, and yeah. I've done a lot of drinking in my time. Never <laughs> enough to say, eh, dig me one of them uh, pig's feet out of the jug. Never. And uh, I, I, I'd say you're probably missing out. And I've put a lot of questionable things in my gullet, but uh, <laughs> pickled pig's feet, never one of them. Um, I, I might be missing out, sure. I, <laughs> you know, I dig on swine, Sam Jackson. A delicacy? Where? Lichtenstein. Lichtenstein. Again with the Lichtenstein. <laughs> I fell right into it. I was trapped in this circuitous thing. Uh, I might have to go to Lichtenstein, but I'm going to rethink traveling anywhere because uh, there is now a movement in the uh, the UN International Civil Aviation Organization has called for restricted access to bathrooms during flights. So they're saying you won't be able to... Use the lavatory on your airplanes. Bad idea. 
The ICAO is a United Nations agency that concentrates on air travel, and its report on aviation during the COVID-19 pandemic was designed to protect air passengers. So they're saying, uh, you know, the bathrooms on planes are so tiny, and they're a hotbed of germs anyway, so that maybe they restrict passenger use of the bathrooms. They'll have one, one lavatory, as they like to say, for just the crew, and then they're saying either... People can't use it, and maybe it won't make a difference because they're not giving out drinks and stuff anymore. Or you have to go to a certain lavatory based on where you sit. I get so I well that would make it so people aren't standing in the aisles and things like that. But they've kind of done away with that anyway. They tell you don't to don't. It's been a while where they say don't stand in the aisle. You just wait. Uh, I I'd be okay with that. I, <laughs> If anything longer than a anything shorter than a four hour flight, four hour flight or below, I can gut it out. Uh, I know, I know going in what I have to do, so I take care of all my pre flight activities. Uh, I deny myself liquids, and then <laughs> that I'm good. But now, but a, a transatlantic flight might be tricky. But let's be honest: if you're a man of uh, or woman. Over five foot eight, using a bathroom lavatory is a challenge anyway, because they curve down, and you have to look. Uh, you know, as a man, you look like a jumbo shrimp trying to use the bathroom because you have to hunch way over. It's it's horrifying. So I am, I'm not going to worry about this too much. May I, may I say I do find it ironic. Yes, that Alanis in- Morissette. <laughs> I do find it ironic that an industry built on the concept of packing 600 people into a metal tube of recycled air is worried about germs in the bathroom. Well, listen, they've got a worry. They got a lot of lot of worries. I'm sure they do, and far be it from me to criticize you well, know, this the is brave not, men and women who this do is not the, fly these things. These are not the airlines worried about this. This is the this is an international organization right. saying, "Hey, maybe you should do that to stop the spread." But listen, let's just worry well, about just the stop fact that flying, yeah, you know that, that seems well, the obvious answer, and you can't stop all flying. No. Obviously, obviously, but if you're gonna be in the plane anyway, <laughs> I would I wouldn't mind open access to a bathroom you know i maybe i'm not gonna be drinking out i hate drinking on planes do you really i i'm not a big fan i i don't like the feeling of having alcohol in my system while also being like jostled potentially how much are you drinking on the plane how much were you drinking before on the plane to get that you were affected usually i'm trying the longest flights i've been on were were transatlantic flights Mm mm-hmm and that's you know, well, even a couple just, of drinks. Well, and I'm not saying that I'm sloshed here. I'm just saying, you know, uh, that's what, you, what we're getting from the comments. <laughs> that's what my, we gathered. I think just, just, I mean, just one beer re- relaxes you. That's stage one. Sure. You have one alcoholic drink. It might make you, you know, a little bit more mellow. It's a depressant, you know, that sort of thing. I just, I, I just would rather be sober as a clam. I've but, never, I've never gotten past the point of. Like even I've, I think two drinks is probably the most I've had on a flight, and that was flying um, overseas. And then it was the two drinks, and then I was able to sleep the the rest yeah. of the night. So that was fine. And like flying to New Orleans or flying anywhere in the U.S., maybe one, 
maybe none. You know, depends yeah. if uh, you know. Sometimes we got a fistful of uh, free drink tickets from Southwest. Well, <laughs> yeah, cash. Might as well use them. Yeah, I got a cat. They expire. Exactly. I, I earned them. I earned them with well. my rapid rewards. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a couple. Uh, and then I always, uh, I, I opt out of the beer on the plane. Mm-hmm. It, you know, well, so usually I, it's a can of what Budweiser. They, yeah, they have like a fat tire and a couple others. But I always go for, I always go for hard liquor when I'm on the, Ooh. when I'm cashing in my free ticket. You might as well. <laughs> if, if, more bang for your buck. That's exactly right. It's one drink and I'm good. But I, I, I like the idea of maybe assigning you guys have to go to this bathroom, you guys have to go to that bathroom. I, I don't think that's terribly out of, no, out of the question. No, it depends on who, you know, who's in your group. Oh um, yeah, you look, you look, you look at one guy, and you're just like, that guy is doing some damage yeah, later. Yeah, he just came from a smorgasbord in Liechtenstein. <laughs> this is going to be a long flight home with the sauerkraut and, uh, and uh, pickled pickle pig's, pig's feet. feet. It's going to not going to be a pleasant flight. Yeah, uh, it's, that's not the air you want to be breathing in no. the friendly skies. Well, they, you know, they they do say that the air in planes is uh, purer than other air because it's filtered so much. Blah blah blah. I don't buy it. I hate plane air. If if we could get pump in some other air, open into a, a window. Plane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's, hey, can we just crack a window? Hey, Captain? man, you know someone someone really ripped it in here. Can someone just crack a window for five minutes? That is, uh, yeah. See, once or you got a baby who's not crying, but you know, causing the air to be putrid. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there. Uh, should we be worried, Tom? Uh, I'm. Stadium side as stadium size asteroid is headed to Earth. When you hear these stories, do you panic or do you just shrug your shoulders and go, "Yeah, of course it is." Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. If you want to jump in on anything we're talking about, because uh, obviously things are things are going off the rails quickly, which is that's what uh, you know these hours are for to have a little fun. So we would love you to join in. Did you? I know you saw this because you were very you poo pooed it. And, I'll, and I think it'll be clear why Tom poo-pooed this story, but I, listen, with the way everything is going now, don't you think we should panic a little? NASA is keeping tabs on a massive asteroid that's coming closer to Earth each day. Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> this is not going to be, this is not going to be good. Uh, the space agency's website. Now, don't they have astronauts in space that they need to be worried about more? Don't they have? Don't uh, aren't Bob and Tom up there, or Bud and Tony, whatever? The two astronauts, <laughs> yeah, well, names? Yeah, the, the two guys, from the space, two guys actually. from space. Yeah, one of them actually went to Tulane. No way, that's where Molly went to, to college. Yeah, so they one of them went to Tulane. So anyway, uh, the space agency ha- has an asteroid watch section showing the next five approaches, which are expected in the next few days. So buckle up, put your helmets on. The largest is estimated to be 1,100 feet wide, approximately the size of a football stadium. It's named 2002 NN4. It's expected to come closest to the Earth on June 6th. This is why Tom poo-pooed the story. Its closest approach will be 3,160,000 miles away. Ooh. Why do we even, why, why report it? That's my thing. It's like, why bring it up? Because now, you know, it gets, you know, it gets a goofball in the middle of the night to go, hey, did you hear an asteroid's coming? Uh, <laughs> and then people go, what? And it turns into it turns into uh, either Deep Impact or Armageddon. Which one did you find? Oh, uh, well, I mean, if we're talking Armageddon. Don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep. 
And for those of you who don't remember, Armageddon is where Steven Tyler was shot into space and lassoed an asteroid with his scarves and dragged them back, and then Joe Perry smoked it. It was an exciting, an exciting film. Uh, I think Bruce Willis had a cameo, but I'm not sure. Uh, so yes, Armageddon was Armageddon was just a fine, fine feature film. And then the other one is a Deep Impact. I don't know if we. Uh, that was the one where Morgan Freeman was the president. That's all I remember about Deep Impact. So uh, there are three other asteroids hurtling toward Earth. The others are the size of a plane, and one's the size of a house. Now that's uh, that's too ambiguous for me. One, what kind of plane? Jumbo jet? Cessna? What kind of house? A ranch? A McMansion? Doesn't matter. They're making their way toward Earth over the next few days. Now, scientists don't believe there are any concerns from those asteroids either, which is unfortunate. The closest one is expected to come within 1,830,000 miles of the Earth. On That was today. It was supposed to come today. Did you feel it? It didn't. We're still here. For better or worse, we did not uh, we did not get hit by an asteroid, and it doesn't appear that the uh, the big one is going to hit the uh, world ender, as they like to call it in the movies. Those I love. I don't know about you, but I like watching movies that I know have absolutely zero relationship to the reality of science. I don't know if you remember watching Armageddon if you saw it. Uh, my description of Steven Tyler and Joe Perry Armageddon is probably just as silly as the real Armageddon where Bruce Willis and his team of oil rig drillers uh, were sent up to space to <laughs> set up to space to drill through a meteor or an asteroid so that it did not end the earth. Billy Bob Thornton, of course, the thwarted astronaut. A lot going on. Uh, oh, we're going to uh, got to take a quick break when we come back. We've got some people on the line who want to jump in. 312-981-7200. You are always, always welcome and encouraged to jump in with us. And then, as things have begun to open here in Illinois, you are being tempted to expand your bubble. Now, how can you do it safely? We've got some tips on how to expand your bubble. And I want to know if you're ready to expand your bubble. And if you have, who have you expanded your bubble to? I'm digging the Yacht Rock vibes every day this week, and I enjoy this kind of music. And I'm finding in my uh, golden years, I'm liking things a little softer with my with my rock. But then every once in a while, I still crank it up. But 312-981-7200, we've got a lot to talk about in the final uh, portion of the program. Robert wants to jump in. Hi, Robert. Yeah, don't worry about the asteroid. You don't think so? Well, again, now... The, the, it all depends on your beliefs, but uh, in October, October 2nd, in fact, a couple of other papers covered it. Uh, I was up in the skies of Montana, up in the mountains of Montana, and and unless we have two shoot, all I know is I believe in UFOs. Okay. And I don't think, I, I think they love this planet. I think they've been here for way before we were here. And I don't think they want it to go away. So I think they may have some forces within them that want to make sure that things don't. Wow. So, so you think the, the visitors, do you call well, them? No, have you ever seen you... a UFO? Seriously. I, no, I have not. All right. So, and most people haven't. I've seen right. five. Well, hold on. Wait, really? Five? 
No, I've, it, seen, it, I've seen two I'm, up close. Put it this way. My brother, my brother is a, he has two doctorates. Okay. And he studied under J. Allen Heineke when he was in high school, which changed his life. This is the only man when I was a little kid that believed that I saw a UFO. And he looked at me and he goes, it's very, very feasible. So, now, can we? I, I'm I'm curious about this, Robert, and I, I'm serious when I say I'm curious about this. So, you five on five separate occasions, or did you see a couple at once? Or how did, no, no, how no, did this five, break down? Five, the first one I saw was with me and my brother. I think I might have been seven. He might. Yeah, my brother was nine. He was up in the northern woods of Wisconsin. And what did it look like? Uh, just a an unidentified flying object. You know. So did it Put look it like way. a saucer, we were, a light, we were, or we were sitting? This is Christian camp now. Okay, <laughs> none of us had buzz. None of us. And, <laughs> okay. Oh, well, you got to right. make that clear. Yeah, Every no, time no. I've seen one of these, I haven't been sauced. Okay. So it, 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 we we thought it was a star, but how does a star do a complete square and then cross itself and then shoot off into the stars? Now that doesn't freak you out as a kid. Nothing does. That's yeah. That's pretty okay. So that was the first one. That seems pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Second one it was similar situation. Looking up at the stars, you know, with our telescopes, and again watching, uh, watching. Again, you thought it was a star, but it's doing like uh, it, it. It's doing like military maneuvers, like a plane would. Okay. Put up in the stars. Stars just don't do that. They they just don't. Yeah. So and then the, the third one was on a family vacation. And were they all, we, all kind of in the same geographical no, region? One of them was up in the, in the Salt Flats. Okay. Okay, and we were going to California, and my dad had to take a leak, so me and my brother took a leak. On the side of the highway, a state trooper pulled up on us, and again, you know, now we're in trouble. And then something, I don't know what, about the size of an aircraft carrier, blocked out the entire sky and just floated over the entire highway. And the state trooper looked at my dad and said, if you don't say anything, I won't say anything. And that really scared the hell out of me. Yeah, that sounds I mean, a little freaky. Well, you, you ever seen an aircraft carrier? I uh, close. No. Uh, now, watch, now try and imagine one floating over your head, no. and then people telling you that, oh, yeah, that's that's secret military. Okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, wow. I believe you on that one. But that's the one that that changed my brother's life, and then he he became a he has a doctorate in nuclear physics and a doctorate in electrical engineering. That is wild. He, so we don't. Yeah, and so he, you, actually, he actually did. Uh, he develops every time you use your cell phone. That's yeah. my brother's design. Really? Those, those towers you see, those cynical towers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very all my, cool. That's all my, some some of my brothers doing. He he did the stealth bomber, the yeah. antenna system for it. So not bad. Now, Robert. So back to your original point that we shouldn't be afraid of the asteroids because you you think some of the some someone that. Maybe it was in one of these crafts you've seen, or so, is going to take care of that for us because they want to. They want to be here. They want us to survive. Is that what you were? 
I don't know if they want us to survive. They want the planet to survive. They want the planet to survive. Hmm. If you came from another world and looked at the chaos that's been going on in the last <laughs> week, would you want that civilization controlling a beautiful planet? I wouldn't. Nah, probably, I'd probably, uh, probably side no, with you on that one. Sorry, yeah. no, no. They're killing each other. Let them kill each other. And when they're gone, then we can take yeah. care of this beautiful planet that that's some type of other terrestrial being created or God or whatever you want to believe. But no, no I, I wouldn't want I want a bunch of animals running around destroying the damn thing. Keep right. getting rid of that. Now you got to share the share the wealth because you've seen you've seen these things five times. Now you've had your limit. You got to let other people see them so that we can you know we can well, all here, kinda... go up to Montana, go look into the stars. It took me about a week before I saw the last one, and that was last year in October. All right. Well, now I got to head up to Montana. I got a lot of places to go. Robert, thank right, you for the quick, call. Before I let you go, yes, now, yes. And if you want to fly. And it's a good thing. There's a bunch of companies. I like Wheels Up. Once you get into their program, you can. There's always Lears flying all over the United States and the world, and there's always seats available. Oh, on a private jet? A private jet, yes, sir. Dude, that's how. And I... once you go on a nice big six fifty that seats about you know twenty people, yeah, and uh, you know, and the food is really good. So is the booze. Wow. See. Uh, that's how Jay-Z and I roll. That's how we roll. Private jets. I like that, Robert. I'm just telling you, once you've been on a private layer and you can get access to them again, uh, take advantage of it. Does it cost more? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gee, that doesn't oh, surprise yeah. me. There's no guy makes first class look like peanuts, but but my God, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, you know, if you, that's a bucket list if, if no one can, you know, if anyone's out there that Hell going, you know, why do you want to catch a ride to space for $50 million? You might as well buy your own Learjet and enjoy the rest of your life. There you go. You can never feel sorry for the guy with the plane. Robert, thanks for the call. Have a great All right, morning. Take care, man. God you bless you what you guys do out there. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. That's five times you've seen a UFO. It's a lot. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I do. I wonder. I, 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 <laughs> I bet I, you do. Listen, there's a lot, of, a lot of things to wonder about, and there's a part of me that wants to say, "Well, isn't it arrogant of us to believe that we are the only beings in the universe?" And then you hear all these stories about pilots and military pilots, commercial pilots, who say they've seen things, and it's easy to just dismiss that as those people are lunatics. But there's a lot of reports. I don't know. I've never seen one. Uh, I, I, you know, if I was Robert and I saw, I don't think I'd ever leave the house again. If I saw, you know, something the size of an aircraft carrier floating over my house, I would, uh, no thank you. But uh, who knows? I say who knows, but <laughs> to be honest, deep down, I don't, I, I'm, I don't believe it. But maybe I should. You know, have you seen, are you like Robert? Have you seen a, have you seen it? Do you have to see it to believe it? Um, you know, this all started because an asteroid is hurtling toward Earth that's never going to hit Earth. And now we have to look into a, now, besides worrying about that and worrying about visitors from another uh, galaxy, I have to also try to start to pricing out, pricing out what it's going to cost to get in one of these uh, private plane clubs so that I can fly everywhere on a private jet. You know, 
I don't. I can't. I I could never do private jet. You know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a private jet kind of guy. Are people calling in with their own UFO uh, sightings, Tom? People uh, wondering. No, not, no, not exactly. No, not exactly. All right. Just, they were just like, "Hey, man, what's it? Uh, Armageddon or Deep Impact?" I gotta tell them Armageddon. Oh, yeah, we played it from Armageddon. Yeah, yeah. Deep Impact. Uh, who was in Deep Impact? Duvall. Oh, uh, Morgan Freeman. That's a that's a movie I really have not thought about in a long time. Well, you need to think about it because why it's, when when Armageddon exists. That's true. If there's if you're gonna watch one, we have to save the Earth from a asteroid movie. You gotta go Armageddon. Although I will, I'll give it up for uh, Elijah Wood and Vanessa Redgrave. Are they in Deep? They're Impact? in Deep Impact. Tia Leone. Oh my God. <laughs> so this this production didn't have uh, didn't ha- even have a budget for the C list. <laughs> Is that how you feel about Vanessa Redgrave? No. Well, what the, not oh, not vintage Vanessa Redgrave. Fair. You know. Deep Impact Vanessa Redgrave, maybe. <laughs> you know, or as I like to call it, Paycheck Vanessa Redgrave. Oof. That's right. So, but you know actors take movies just for the paycheck. Well, you know, I, Michael Caine paid for his house with Jaws the Revenge. Yes, Michael Caine, Michael Caine is notorious for saying uh, movies that he took just for the money. You know? Mm-hmm. And it would be hard. I don't blame them. Quite frankly, if somebody said, hey, you want to do this really crummy movie, it, it, you know, you get six days in the Bahamas and it pays you three million bucks. Really, what's it about? It's about Gumby riding a horse to rescue a maiden from an asteroid. Yeah, all right, who am I? You're Gumby. Okay. <laughs> uh, at least I'm not the horse. Yeah, you're not pokey. Take that which one, is, hook, line, and sinker. Which was always a weird name for an orange pony. Pokey? Pokey. I like it. You like pokey? I'm I'm down with Pokey Gumby. I could take or leave Pokey. That's my boy. All right. I was uh, Pokey was always just the sidekick, the silent sidekick. Gumby was the man. Can, Gumby was the shot caller. I can identify with Pokey. Really, I can understand what it's like to have to <laughs> sit shotgun to a megalomaniacal madman. Wow, Nick is not going to be happy when he hears that. <laughs> I wasn't talking about. Oh, okay. Nick. <laughs> All right, then. We're going to do this. Then we're going to do more. Maybe it's too late, but this feeling is running through my Coming up at 4 o'clock, live from Bradley Place, it's the WGN TV Morning News. And then at 5 o'clock, Bob Surratt will join you from 5 to 9. I'll be back later tonight at 11 in for Nick for one more night, our late Thursday into Friday morning fun. We've got a lot planned for then, and uh, hopefully you will join us for that as well. 312-981-7200. We are covering everything from unusual foods to UFOs to uh airplane bathrooms I think that might be all that's on the uh, all that's on the hopper at this point but this will change too because now uh in the last few minutes I want to talk a little bit about to you about expanding your bubble have you been, are you expanding your bubble you know we've all been under the shelter at home stay at home self quarantine all the whatever however you want to call it and we've been told the social distance which we're doing we're staying six feet away from people but now things are loosening up and they said hey guess what now you can have gatherings of up to 10 people and now 10 people seems like we're going into a crowded soldier field for a concert or a bears game 
It's like, oh my gosh, I get to hang out with nine other people? This is going to be great for some of us. I would like to hear from you if you have enjoyed this time of not feeling the pressure to socialize. Because a lot of the focus has been put on, I've got to get back to be with people. I need to hang around. I'm sure there are some of you that were like, yeah, you know what? This was fine for me. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily need to be around big groups of people. The people I wanted to talk to, I talked to via phone or FaceTime or text or Zoom or however however you communicated with people. But the, the face-to-face, in-person meetings, all right, you, you were good with it. So if that's you, I want to talk to you too because I know, like I said, we put a lot of focus on, oh my gosh, I finally get to be with other people when there are some people who are fine not being around a lot of people. I tend to... to I go more toward that end than the other. I don't mind not always being with a lot of people or any people, you know, <laughs> which explains why I sit in a room by myself talking. <laughs> explains a lot. So it's time to start expanding your bubble, right? You can have meetings up to 10 people. So some experts have given tips on how we can stay safe while expanding our circle, Increasing our bubble. Are you ready? Are you excited to increase your bubble, Tom? Are you ready to hang around with more people? I I don't know. I'm kind of like the bubble boy. I like my bubble the way it is. I do like my bubble. My bubble is fine. You know, I I like going out and everything like that. But the going out part, the going out part, I'm fine to keep on hold. Yeah, saves me money. Um, It has been it has been much cheaper. Much cheaper to just stay at home. Uh, But I I miss my friends a lot and. There's something to be said about physically being in a room with someone. I've had this discussion with people over the last uh, couple of months. I said, "Well, what about you know, what about Zoom or what about FaceTime?" And and that's fine. It is weird, Uh, but at least you get to see somebody. Yeah, it's an option. Right. That's that's the way I see it. It's not the same as sitting in a room. But if you sit in a room, let me tell you this: you still need to practice social distancing. That means you need to stay six feet apart. If you can't be six feet apart, wear your face covering. And uh, do not do not hug anyone. No touchy. Still no touchy. For, you know, can you, the, the exact question in this, in this piece was, can I hug my grandchildren? No. No, you cannot. No, you can't I, run up and hold, hug grandma. You can't, uh, if, you're, if you're in the vulnerable group, you're still supposed to kind of do your best to, to stay by yourself. But, or, or they say... If you're going to be meeting inside, keep it to the same nine people all the time and make sure that they're still practicing social distancing and being safe. But if you're going to be meeting outside, which people are doing now because we can go out again, then you can mix up the group so you don't have to get sick of the same nine other people. But then stay outside, and if you're more than six feet apart, you don't need to wear a mask. If you're going to be uh, you know, a little closer, put your mask on, do that. There's Outside seems to be the key. If you could stay outside with your group, that's the best way to do it. So, you know, I'm looking forward. There, there's a couple people that I would have over uh, to the backyard, and we'd sit around, have a drink. Uh, that would be fine. I'm looking forward to that, I guess. But um, so that's it. Just this is what I'm worried about, because now we're seeing numbers come out that uh, a big spike in cases that are coming because of what happened on Memorial Day. And... Experts are warning that because of all these protests, in another couple of weeks we're going to see more. And then you know Sweden, oh boy, they were they were the big uh, 
They were saying, yeah, wasn't it great? The herd mentality, everything is fine. Now Sweden's leaders are going, yeah, we made a big mistake. We probably shouldn't have, probably shouldn't have done it that way. Got to rethink that uh, herd mentality deal. So expand your bubble. It is nice. It is nice for a lot of us to uh, to be able to see people again. And I'm happy that that is uh, that is happening. And I'm happy. I, I hope you're happy too that the businesses are opening and people are getting back to work and and uh, you're able to socialize. Just uh, try your best to be to stay safe for a little bit until we see what's going on. Because with all the with everything that's been happening the last couple the last week, really. Uh, we seem to have forgotten, you know, there's it's a global pandemic. So, you know, the, the risk of transmission is going to be lessened if you see the same people all the time. Uh, if you're outside, as I said, outside is the place to go if you're going to see different people. But remember, it's supposed to be groups of 10 or less. So I'm lucky that I don't have too many friends. So it'll it'll work out fine. But I know we're, I'm taking a leap. And I don't know how you felt when you made your first foray outside, but I'm I'm a little nervous. Saturday we're supposed to go to my brother's house for dinner, and uh, he wants to see. He's my daughter's godfather, and he wants to see her before she moves uh, for her next job. And he was nice enough to invite us over, but I haven't been around people really, you know. Uh, so this is so it's a little nerve wracking for me, and I don't know, I don't know if it's uh, rational, irrational. It, it just is what it is, I guess. And I'm wondering uh, if you've how you've overcome that. Did you did you feel uneasy the first time if you went out today to a bar or a restaurant or to get your hair done or your nails done or whatever it was you were doing outside today? Did you feel nervous? Because I still, I still get a little apprehensive when I have to go to the grocery store and stuff. I do it. I've been the guy doing the errands in our house, but uh, it makes me, makes me a tad antsy. So I'm not. I don't know. My bubble, my bubble's just fine. Your bubble's burst. My listen. I never had a bubble. Was, <laughs> I had like a deflated balloon. Yeah. It was just kind of laying on the on the dirt. It's horrifying. But yeah, it's you know. I, I I'm afraid I'm I'm nervous. I don't know if you're nervous about what's coming because of the protests and stuff. I'm nervous. I'm nervous yeah, about the protests because of why they're why the protests are here. But I'm nervous about the corona part of the protests as well. Going oh man because let's be honest we can't go through another lockdown. We oh can't, I, we can't my psyche will not survive that. No we can't do it. Businesses can't do it. The economy can't do it. Uh, people's psyches can't do it. We can't go through another lockdown. So that's why. Uh, you know, some people will say, "Well, you're being a little, you're being a little over ca- overly cautious," and I would say, "No, yeah, because in November I still want to be out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wanna, right. I want to still be doing stuff. I want to be able to leave my house. Imagine the holidays under quarantine. Oh my god! Well, at least I won't have to talk to Great Aunt, you know, Janine or whatever. That's but, true. That might be, you know, that might that might be a, a little that that's the unintended consequence. That might be a little bit positive. I'm already starting my Christmas album, Christmas in Quarantine, uh, <laughs> a set of lounge standards. It's gonna be it's gonna be lovely. You're gonna want to sit alone in the dark and uh, drink spiked eggnog and cry while you listen to it. Not because the uh, the holidays make you sad, but because the album is going to be just horrible. 
uh, I know how I sing, and it's not. It is not going to be good. Uh, let's tell people a little bit what we got going on tomorrow because we're getting close to wrapping up today, and I want to make sure you're with us. Let, well, I guess it's later tonight, tonight at eleven. We're going to start out with at the breweries. We've got. Uh, we're going to talk a little beer. We're going to talk about the effect that. Uh, the pandemic and the civil unrest has had on local breweries. We're going to talk about some summer beers. We're going to answer all your beer questions. That coming up at 11. At uh, 1 o'clock, what do we, I know we have a guest at 1 o'clock. What do we... No, we don't have a guest at 1 o'clock? I mean, there will be, but... Oh, I thought you had. I thought I thought it was all set. All right. I thought it was confirmed. Never mind. We've got the uh, Overnight Arcade at 2 o'clock, so we have valuable prizes that you will be playing for in the Overnight Arcade. We are going to do Nick's uh, usual Friday features, so that is from 3 to 4. Am I correct on that time period there? Yeah, 3 to 4. You big dummy straight out of context, Nick's D show, Spies, uh, and then Fly Jams Friday. Holy cow. That's all in the last hour? Yeah, well, probably not Nick D show spies considering, you know, you're not Nick D. I am not Nick D. <laughs> but I we'll am... have we'll have the dummies, the straight out of context, and maybe a little fly jams as well. And just to be clear, I have never claimed to be Nick D, so I don't want any I don't want any legal uh, papers coming to my house that somebody says, I uh, you know, hey, you were trying to impersonate Nick D. Yeah, there's a guy out there with a subpoena, I think. Really? Yeah. Is that what he's calling it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, I, I accept nothing. Somebody comes up and they they look shifty and they ask, oh, "Are you Brian Noonan?" I always say, "Nope, I'm Tom Hush." So then they arrest you anyway. Well, that's how it, that's how it should be. I really don't need to be running the streets, especially at this hour of the morning. Now, hopefully tomorrow night some of the bridges will be open and it'll make uh, traverse. Really, the only bridge I saw still up was the one on Lower Michigan. So, you know, things are things are opening back up. The city feels freer, doesn't it? <laughs> Except that we have a curfew like we're in uh, fourth grade. 